Bless up for tuning in to Project Cheney. Magic happens when you question everything. Conspirituality becomes reality, weirdness is welcomed, and it's okay to change your mind. Big up yourself. Hey, you guys. Welcome back to another episode of Project Cheney. As always, I'm Chaney. Uh, so uh, I have this <laughs> piece of paper in front of me, and it looks kind of like I, if you guys watch Homeland with Claire Danes, and she has her whiteboard when she's really manic, and she writes down all of her thoughts and her pens, or um, Always Sunny uh, has the dude, and it's like a gif everyone shares all the time. Um, I that's what the piece of paper in front of me looks like of the stuff that I wanted to talk about at the beginning of the show. So bear with me. Uh, one of the first things, um, you know, I like to create conspiracy theories and Florida is this very flat place and we have this unusual structure here uh, called the Coral Castle. I might have talked about it uh, with other guests on the show. You should totally look it up if you don't know what I'm talking about. And there was this guy and everybody's really um, mesmerized kind of by the idea that he had this gravitational box on top of his, these like tripod type structure. And he would always tout off to people that he figured out the secrets of the pyramid. And um, also it was a Valentine, it's a whole thing. So look up the Coral Castle and there's this type of stone. It's like made out of limestone. And if you live in Florida, there's like, I think it's called coquina. It's a type of like rock that's like gathered from everywhere. It's like these huge stones or there's this limestone that's everywhere. And it's these huge rocks all over. And it really, for the landscape, doesn't make a ton of sense for um, what's around us. So I was thinking of like the pyramids and all these ancient structures. And we all think of deep underground military bases or the Hopi Indians or Agartha or all these underground civilizations. So I was thinking, what if the pyramids or, and they, you know, even the idea where people philosophize or try to figure out how they brought these rocks to build the great pyramids of Giza all the way from blank. And they used fucking snuffleupagus to pull them in. I don't know what the explanation is, but, um, I just think, what if they dug them out of the ground? What if underneath Florida has to be some kind of structure, like permanent, it's all probably built on this limestone, like there must be a ridge somewhere and we're on like the top of a mountain. So what if the places that there's all these structures, like the same as Epstein Island, that little weird temple that was really just an air vent for the passages below, you know, as above, so below. So what if the places that there are these big temples, like pyramids, are really just places that they had to pull the rock out of the ground and make an excuse use for why it was there. Um, so that is uh, one of the conspiracies that I wanted to bring up to you guys this week. Maybe create your own rabbit hole. Um, maybe there's a thousand people that already talk about this and you can um, send me videos or links or something like that. But just an idea. What if they're pulling it out of the ground and that's how everything got there and it's not such a huge mystery after all. Um, another weird thought I had this week <laughs> was about rabbit's feet. You know, we always follow the white rabbit and a rabbit's foot's considered lucky. Like, why is a rabbit's foot 
considered lucky. And it was just creeping me out with the adrenochrome symbology of it all. Like, oh, look at this little clever thing. We have these people carry around rabbit's feet. Uh, and it was making me think of like the hog's tooth bullet for snipers and how they have this like totem that if you graduate sniper school, you get a hog's tooth. It's a bullet. I think it's a 50 caliber, like the inside. And it, um, I could be totally wrong. So everybody feel free to correct me. You can do that at Cheney in Wonderland or at Project Cheney on Instagram. I will try to communicate back um, and with anything on my show. Because uh, I think all the time, sometimes I say things like I'll talk about Lemurians and it's Lyrans. Or I'll talk about Saddam Hussein, but it's Osama bin Laden. And um, yeah, I sometimes get my CIA actors mixed up. <laughs> anyway, um, where was I? Oh, the hog's tooth. So uh, the snipers have this like um, hog's tooth that they wear and it's the bullet with your name on it. And as long as you have the bullet with your name on it around your neck, you're invincible. And um I believe a kind of magic that I will actually have to talk to Caleb about uh, is like totem magic. Like I think we can put energy into certain precious metals. Um, maybe a lady. I always think Nancy Pelosi right away because she has this creepy brooch she always wears that almost looks like that medical staff with the snake around it. Uh, I wonder if people could put energies and things or um, ways people have like crystal uh, alcohol sets that have certain metals around it or certain trays made of metal. Like if you look into old rich timey stuff, could people put certain energies into things that store there? Uh, there's a person I talked to once that believed you know, that's why you thrift store shop over uh, going to like Macy's because energy's in the items at a thrift store. Whereas something like Nordstrom there, it's like handled in sweatshops and like the energy that goes into it is really like bleak. Whereas if you get something old, it was probably handmade and crafted and loved. And, you know, so I was thinking of totem ideas and how they exist. And if you have totems that you unknowingly carry around, like even the inception of it all. Um, if you've ever seen the movie Inception, he has this top and he believes that uh, it's, it, the top spins and keeps spinning, then he knows he's in a dream. But if it wobbles, then he knows it's real life. And so the end of the movie, spoiler alert, <laughs> I always think that's so funny to do with a movie that's like 100 years old, 147 years old. Um, so I, at the end of the movie, it shows you the top spinning, but it never, it, it never wobbles, but it never, you know, the movie just ends on him like running out and seeing his kids. So you don't know if he's actually in the dream. I don't know. So, um, dream totems. Do you have any totems? I'm curious. Um, so reach out to me. I also have an email. It's, um, at, uh, project Cheney at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, I'm just really curious of all these things for people and if they have items that have energy. Uh, do you carry a coin? Do you carry a stone? Um, even the uh, nanotech of it all with crystals. Um, 
yeah, it's just super interesting. So that is a rabbit hole I created for myself and some of the things that keep me up at night. I should just call it the, this whole segment is things that keep me up at night. Um, what's going on? Allison Mack uh, with the whole Nexium cult thing. That bitch is serving her time and that all happened. Um, if you don't know the Nexium cult, I definitely think look into it. It's triggering to me. I think it's a what the bleep do we know um, psyop to take spirit kind of away from people. And it's all the same people that created this thing. It's kind of the same way to me that like, uh, Ronald Hubbard is attached to Scientology or, or uh, attached to like, uh, Walt Disney and Aleister Crowley and NASA. Like it's like how they all are strung together. That's how I think this like metaphysical idea of taking God away from people and making people feel like dust on dust floating through infinity. And, um, that, science idea of it all a little bit I think they're all in cahoots and I think it's all somewhere probably not just CIA mind control but whoever the evil they are um, that's how I feel about things uh, so I think people like Allison Mack and Keith Rainier are really just the Lee Harvey Oswalds of the Nexium cult like they're just the fall guy the patsy uh, so to speak um, so that happened uh, da, da. I don't know if you guys have listened to the episode of that I did with Lindsay from Rogueways. Um, and I did an episode that you'll be hearing about um, in the next week or two um, that I did with Kara Mosher from Let's Be Friends podcast. But it came up again. And I just think it's such a fucking cool idea that I can't believe I haven't thought of. Um, but it's this idea that we're coming, like, it's like time isn't linear, you know, it's like, it's not just past, present, future, and that's the direction it goes. Some souls actually come backward in time. So they go future, present, past, which is kind of the idea of that movie Tenant. Um, I won't talk anything else about that movie. You should totally look into it, watch it, um, yeah, hit me up if you've seen it or what you think about it. But um, it's, Lindsay says it in a really cool way. And you should totally listen to that episode and listen to her say it. But just the idea of souls coming in opposite directions. And I always kind of thought of myself as an old soul. But then the way I kind of sometimes think when I was like sitting with Kara Mosher, I was like, she's just so spiritually attached in a way that I feel like I'm kind of, present day attached in a way that I'm like, huh, maybe I'm coming from a different direction in time than her. And I just thought that is a heady philosophy to think about, um, with people in your life. So some people you've traveled with together for all these lifetimes, but other people, it might just be this time that you're hitting each other on this blip rolling backward. I don't know. Nut nutty. Um, let's see. Uh, speaking of totems, uh, back to that real quick. A totem, a good totem is a key. Uh, if you listen to my first episode I did with my Maria 777, um, key is one of her kind of things, maybe symbols, the matrix shows her or the synchronicity of spirit or source or God kind of shows her in a way. And those are totemy. Also, I think um, I just noticed, which I can't believe, and maybe I have before, but it was just really um, 
searing to me, the NSA key with the eagle holding the key and um, the White House key that if you're into the whole at George uh, Trump anon thing of it all, that they took a picture of and put on Trump's desk. Uh, I know I've made post about it um, on my page on Instagram. I know a bunch of other more brilliant uh, anons than me um, have done deep, deep digs I think probably connecting all this stuff. Uh, but I just thought it was really interesting that the symbolism is everywhere for everything all the time. And somewhere it's like these two deep state, like NSA versus CIA. And those are probably two words I said together. And um, now this episode's gone. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you're, you're never going to be able to find it anywhere. Um, I can't be added right now on Instagram. I'm shadow banned again, so I'm hoping I don't lose uh, my main account. So make sure you're following me at Project Cheney on Instagram. Just in case that one does go down, I will start another one. And because uh, I want to kind of keep uh, political stuff off my Project Cheney page, just because I don't want to bring certain energies on my guests that don't need me ranting off or changing my mind or doing whatever it is I do. Uh, I don't want it to really speak for any of them. I want that to kind of be a clean space, um, different than my personal page. Uh, da -da. So I told you about the White House key. So uh, Daddy, Daddy Trumpy was at the border wall which is really interesting because um, Biden or Kamala can't seem to make it down there. And uh, he met with border security with on the screen, it said President Trump. And it's just really interesting that Kamala makes it to El Paso and he went right to a spot where the wall ends and then there's no wall. And I thought that is a really interesting conundrum it does for people. And, uh, yeah, however you feel about um, immigration, legal immigration, illegal immigration, um, the people of Texas seem to feel like they have a border problem. And uh, since we're 50 United States, maybe there's a border problem. Is that a big PSYOP? I know we shouldn't technically have borders as far as being sovereign beings go, but I also believe in magic. And if you lay out a piece of cloth for like doing tarot that's a protected space that the cards lay on um you have your yoga mat which is like a sacred little space um if you're a person that does yoga um if a catholic church has a funeral they walk in and sage the room that's made of a certain kind of wood with a certain kind of alchemy to make it a sacred space uh, I just think we sacred spaces all the time and you can't do that without borders and certain energies exist in certain countries because of borders. And I think certain alchemies exist in certain countries because of each of us being in the country and the USA is a melting pot of all these really different ideas and energies and flows and things different than every other country in the world in this way that coexists that is different than any liberal blue bumper sticker that says coexist. It's not always pretty, but it's real. And um, yeah, so I think somewhere in magic borders matter to me, even driving from DC to Florida after the sixth, uh, feeling each state change, uh, the like energy, the energy of each state it had to get back to Florida and feel this like sigh of like, 
<sighs> I could have kissed the ground. I could have kissed the fucking ground when I got back to Florida and just the different freedom I felt. Um, anyways, so Trumpy at the border wall, that was a long conversation to get to magic. <laughs> uh, okay. Do I want to go there? yet. Yeah, I should just talk about it and get it out of the way. Um, the building collapse in Surfside, Florida, in Miami, that I really can't get down with the idea that anyone out there thinks Miami hurricane, like, I mean, scientifically, the buildings of Miami have got to be built better than any big city maybe in the world for storms. Maybe in comparison, maybe to Japan. I don't, I don't know. Um, but yeah, in the 80s, was the science, science as good as now? No, no, it wasn't. But it still was never a third world country. It was Miami fucking beach in the 80s. It was Miami Vice, you guys. It was everything. And so, yeah, could they have thrown up shiesty buildings that are ready to collapse? Yes, they could have. All this stuff, yes, they could have. Does any person in the history of a Florida building put some very important part of their structural building and attach it to a pool deck ever? No, they don't do that. You guys, something is amiss with this whole entire thing. Um, it's weird to me that there's like Israeli special forces on the ground. Uh, it's weird to me uh, how Joe Biden came out and was like begging Ron DeSantis to declare it a national emergency so FEMA could come in. Um, buildings in Florida don't just fall into their own footprint. And um, there's rumors and some things I've seen and I want to just believe it, but I don't just believe anything that John McAfee had a room in that building or a place, a condo. Uh, if you watch the numbers, it's like, you know, one dead, 150 unaccounted for, two dead, 150 unaccounted for, three dead, under that the unaccounted for never really goes down. It went to like 147. If you're a Floridian, you know that especially it's funny that they're raising money for Surfside, which if you know that part to have a beachside fucking condo in Florida, like the one point whatever million dollars they've raised is not, these people can afford more than whatever money's been raised on the whole. Like, and I'm not saying that everybody doesn't deserve help, but it's just a weird what's happening politically with this. And um, it's fishy. It smells like fishy shit. And then there's a storm coming, like a hurricane on the way. Uh, yeah. Oh, number one red flag of this whole entire thing. Number one red flag. I knew there was something I was like racking my brain and my mental Rolodex. Uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz. It's in her district in fucking Miami. I just can't get down, you guys. If you know anything about Debbie Wasserman Schultz, you should definitely look into how corrupt this person is. She is a Hillary shill. She is a lackey. She is all linked up to some kind of dark shit. Her name comes up everywhere. And um, even if you're a Bernie bro, if you hate Trumpy and you're just a total Bernie bro listening to this, look at what she did to y'all. Look at what Debbie Wasserman Schultz did to y'all. Um, she is fishy as fuck. 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 She's fishy as fuck. Creepier than her. Uh, yeah, her whole vibe's creepy. So anyways, building collapse. There's tons of stuff that smells off to me. I don't want to get too much more into it than that. Do, do, do. Uh, 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 my favorite word of the week. 
uh, a friend of mine said it in conversation and it, I've heard this word everywhere, but I never heard it used. And she said the word providence and conversation, and it means protective care of God, um, or, uh, nature as a spiritual power. And I just thought, wow, what a cool fucking word. Um, I didn't know it. I'm sure a lot of you out there know it. Um, I try to find some cool words here and there and then start using them. Uh, another cool thing, Kara Mosher calls us starseed mutts. And I thought that was interesting. Like, huh? Yeah. Like just a mutt, like the coolest part of all the dogs of the starseeds. Uh, getting down to the end of the other stuff. Oh, the other cool thing of um, my friend, uh, Cookie, who when I was talking to, um, she was saying that all the old people getting COVID vaccines is modern day book burning. And I was like, damn, like that is a powerful post for somebody to do as an old person getting a vaccine and it just say modern day book burning because it's really what's happening is like killing all of our real knowledge, why they keep reprinting the truth for us every 20 years. And, um, yeah, I wanted to give credit on those two things. Um, Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. And new quote, uh, I think I made it up this week. Um, we don't want leaps of faith. We want steps of knowing. So I think you just, yeah, faith is a good thing to hang on. We're holding the line and holding space. But deep down, you know, and you know, you know. And take a deep breath and figure out a way you're going to energetically let it flow through you and not worry of convincing anyone else what you know anymore. You're just going to figure out a way to know it. And then if you feel pressed, gain more knowledge about what you know you know. Validate it to yourself. Stop looking for the validation outside. Um, which brings me to uh, Bo, my interview from the Bump podcast. And... I have to tell you guys, uh, I thought I was going to talk about like Sasquatch and ghosts and things of this nature. And I had all the plans to, and I had the questions and energetically for whatever was happening in the world that day and what was going on and what was going on with me and my own stuff, even thinking about it, I'm like, Oh, I get, <laughs> it ended up being a totally, like we kept losing power. It was a bad storm. And so it was just like the first 20 minutes, like we have this like rough start and then we come back on after we lose power and he doesn't, you know, he's like, Hey, I talk about this stuff all the time. I don't mind talking about this other stuff. I know what I'm getting into here. And we kind of get off track and it ends up being this really great conversation. And I end up being kind of vulnerable with a person about a subject. I didn't even know I was so vulnerable about still. And, but with a person that I didn't plan on being vulnerable with. And my first instinct, even while I'm going through it, I'm like hearing my voice crack. I'm like, I want to cut this out. And I'm so sorry. Like, this is a fun interview and Bo's amazing. And this is like, I haven't even listened to the edit yet because this is the part that I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I cried on the podcast. But whatever, I was gonna, it, it's a whole thing, but it's on here. And he's really amazing. And his podcast is super cool. Um, I've had people suggest it to me and before I interviewed him and he's uh like 
friends of podcast friends as well. So I definitely think you should check out this interview and check out the Bump Podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Project Cheney. I am lucky enough today to have with me Bo Kennedy from the Bump Podcast. And we were about to talk about what Bump Podcast meant. I'm like, we should just start. So welcome to the show, Bo. Thank you very much, Cheney. Uh, yeah, the Bump Podcast, it stands for, uh, the Bump is an acronym. It stands for Believers of the Unexplained Monsters and Paranormal. So every time I start my show, I, you know, open up with, hey, they're believers. Um, I'm trying to make it a catchphrase, but it ain't working. But uh, yeah, hello. That's awesome. I, I thought it meant bump in the night, like things that what? went bump in the night. Yeah, that's uh, that's in the description too. I say, uh, you know, we go face to face with things that go bump in the night. It, it, it all, it's all just wordplay, you know. I'm I'm a dork, so I just went for Me it. Me too. I'm totally a dork. I um, just realized. Hold on one sec. Okay, I always have to have a pen when I do this. Um, one, because my like attention span stays on track better if sometimes I doodle, but then also you'll say things and I don't want to interrupt. And I'm like, I have to go back to this before we get off. So I'll like write, um, if you ever see me do that, um, I'm not like drawing comics over <laughs> here and like <laughs> it'll, right. it'll come back around later. Um, so my uh, podcast... Uh, I don't know if this will be my first question permanently, but um, who or what is God to you right now, Bo? God to me uh, is the creator of everything. Um, I, if I'm going to label myself, it's, a, it's as a Christian. Uh, I do believe in Jesus Christ. I believe in God. Um, I'm deep into the Unseen Realm by Dr. Michael Heiser right now. Uh, I'm a big fan of, of what he's doing. I got Genesis 6 conspiracy sent back here. My version of Christianity is probably a little different than the mainstream version of Christianity. Uh, I think it's a very supernatural faith. Um, I think everything about God and Jesus is supernatural. Uh, in the first couple pages of Genesis, it talks about sea monsters, you know, I mean, uh, so God to me is, yeah, he's, he's everything. He's the beginning and the end. So, so you don't have, um, you don't feel like having a show about, uh, paranormal and monsters and, uh, takes away any from being a Christian or anything in the Bible. Not in the least. Uh, I really think if, if people dig into it and stop with their watered down version of Christianity, that they would, they would see the monsters and the paranormal. It's, it's all over the book. You know, if, if they want to go through the Bible and look at it, um, I'm not a theologian, you know, and I'm, I haven't read every page of the book myself, but it's everywhere, you know, um, how can they explain you know, raising from the dead if they don't believe in the supernatural, right? 
Yeah, I mean, there's only two spells for that as far as I know, um, necromancy and reincarnation, but both of them are spells. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. it's part of my thing. thing. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I I uh, was wondering if we um, had like a two second delay. I'm gonna try to work at it while we're talking because I realized when I was talking to somebody in Canada a few weeks ago, I'm like, oh, this is uh, uh weird. But um, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. What were you gonna say? Oh no, no. I was gonna say. I was just gonna say that uh, what makes it even more controversial, I guess, is I believe in reincarnation too. Uh, I think it, I think there's plenty of room for that in, you know, Christian belief. And I've even, I've spoken with people off the record, you know, that you have degrees or whatever in all this that say that reincarnation was a part of Christianity until just like a few hundred years ago or something. They, like somebody pulled it out, you know, like, oh, you can't have that, you know, but, uh, you know, to me, when I read it, they say, you know, they, they mention reincarnation without using the word reincarnation in the Bible. Um, talking about John the Baptist was the second coming of Elijah. Uh, what's the second coming mean? Uh, is that not reincarnation, you know? Yeah, I mean, I never even a big, I think I'm an omnist. So I believe that there's truth in every religion and I'm finding that the older I'm getting, I'm magical as fuck. And I've always been naturally drawn to like groups of women and they're magical as fuck. And so, um, it seemed to bother a lot of people that I called my group of lady friends a coven. And <laughs> so then I liked it even more and it seemed to bother other people if I called myself a witch. And so then I liked it even more. And because I'm a natural right. conspiracy theorist and look into everything, um, and gr grew up a heavy Christian, um, I love finding magic in the Bible. It's like kind of, I like finding magic everywhere, but in, especially in all these, um, really concrete, uh, dogmatic um, ways of thinking that full societies are built on and we used to just be a little more magic in our society. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was talking to people the other day about how, you know, just like my, my grandparents' generation, the, these things were part of the normal conversation. You know, um, they call it old wives tales or folklore or whatever they want to call it but they would cure burns with quotes from the scripture and doing a a mantra or a ritual along with it and heal people you know they they would stop people from bleeding if they cut themselves or whatever uh, with with words and i i'm sitting here thinking isn't that magic <laughs> you know isn't that the ark of the basically covenant what people call witchcraft yeah like when i look so. they they're like this took this kind of wood and uh this and you have to put the two cherubs on it leaning toward each other with their wings face this way and this holes placed this far down and the whole entire thing has to be coated in gold and it's like what kind of alchemy are you doing there <laughs> seems right. important seems tedious yeah. seems intentional 
It's, it, it's all about intent. It, it's all about intent and where you put your energy. Uh, it's all about ritual, you know, and uh, you, you said, I said something a second ago about older generations. I have a book here. I'm not associated with this guy in any way, shape or form, but talking about being a witch, this guy right here, um, I doubt he would care. And I hope you don't mind. His name is Jake Richard. I just found this book fascinating. It's called Backwoods, Backwoods Witchcraft. And it's old Appalachian folklore and witchcraft that um, explains a lot better than what I can about what I was talking about. That's, um, I'm writing it down right now too. Is yeah. uh, Are monsters and witches one and the same? Or is no. it all just stuff we're not allowed to talk about? Is a witch a monster? No, I don't, I don't think so. No, no if, if that was the case, my sister would be a monster and I, I, I wouldn't dare call her that. <laughs> what about, um, so cryptids, um, is that like a scientific name for monsters? Uh, in a way, you know, cryptids are supposed to be undiscovered animals, right? Um, something that's biologically real, just undiscovered by guys in white lab coats so like the montauk cryptids, monster you know a lot of yes montauk monster sasquatch um mothman that would probably go more into actual monster or you know, something paranormal um but chupacabra that would be a good monster slash cryptid you know something that might exist but you know they haven't confirmed it yet. Do you have a favorite monster? Oh, it's Bigfoot. <laughs> that's that's easy for me. It it's definitely Bigfoot. I I'm all about that guy. You know, when I was young, I just thought it was, you know, a big giant monkey up in Washington State or something like that, or the Yeti out in the Himalayas. But as I've gotten older. You know, I started thinking, you know, that about the possibility of it having a population around America and then started doing my show about a year ago. Now, I don't know what it is. I have no earthly idea, but I think it's very real. Um, there's just you, been so much talk. Have you gone through the like missing 411 idea or alien idea or dimensional idea? Where are you at? You, yeah. you don't know, or you're open to all of them. I'm, I'm very open. Um, just in general, I'm really open, but right now I'm thinking maybe there's something interdimensional about it. You know, there's, there's that aspect. Um, there's just some things that can't be explained like clear evidence of say tracks going through a field. And then they just stop right in the middle of the field. No way to turn around. You're not walking backward through your tracks. You know, uh, they just disappear. Like maybe they step into another dimension. Um, and then I'm getting all these reports of people seeing these lights um, bigger than an orb, you know, maybe the size of a, a grapefruit to a beach ball that float around uh, the same area 
as they see Bigfoot or a day before they see Bigfoot or a day after they see Bigfoot, they're seeing these lights in the forests. Um, there's loud popping noises that are associated with seeing a Bigfoot, uh, a crazy smell that's associated with seeing Bigfoot. And, you know, they say, you know, this, whoever they are, you know, I've heard in these stories that that's signs of inter interdimensional travel. You know, there'll be a sulfuric smell or there'll be a, a pop, you know, an, an audible sound. So it's starting to lean that way for me. I don't know. I could just be crazy, but it sounds like it is. Have you ever seen a, anything in the woods? You said you lived in West Virginia. It seems. Yeah, yeah. Right. I, I'm in, yeah, I'm in the, the right place for it. You know, uh, I've had some, I've had some experiences in the woods, but I haven't had a visual sighting of any uh any kind of cryptid or sasquatch or anything but there was a time about three years ago when i was squirrel hunting and i had something thrown at me um i i was on sasquatch chronicles i don't know if you listen to that show or not no. with wes germer it is the hq for all things sasquatch he's okay. got like 800 shows something like that it's it's wild, but I was on there and I, I talked about my experience there, but yeah, I'm sitting there hunting and I hear what sounds like a lady behind me, you know, kind of like talking or kind of chuckling, laughing. And I'm in a wildlife management area during hunting season in the rain. So I, I know there's not like a stray jogger or something, something like that around me, but, um, I, you know, the hunt goes on, the rain tapers off, a squirrel comes out, I shoot it, I go pick it up. And while I'm sitting down, I have a, I hear a thump or a thud. And as I turn around to look, there's a tree branch coming down the hill, kind of helicoptering past me. Um, I don't really have a way to explain that because if it would have just fallen off the tree, it wouldn't be spinning horizontally yeah, they wouldn't have the pressure behind it to get a full i, I spent yeah. my finger but i did the noise of <laughs> so could... yeah <laughs> that that's what it was like you know and i you know when you throw something and you you know exert force you make that oomph sound you know uh i heard that uh, with a thump and that's what that's what got me to turn around and look no, no clue i never saw anything I stuck around for about 20 minutes just to see, hoping that I would see something, but I never did. I would, I mean, I've been in the woods in Florida. There's the swamp ape, um, oh, yeah. <laughs> that, you know, they, they talk about it. And then there's, uh, deer hunters that will cut the ass off a deer and then like put eyeballs in it and call it a swamp ape at local taxidermy shops. Uh, which is kind of funny yeah. when you see people take picture with a deer ass. Uh, but um, <laughs> I, gosh, and I guess in the Keys, there's like some lore of, um, but I guess that would be more of like an old sailor that died, like one of those uh, I Know What You Did Last Summer tales of like, you know, is that closer to the Mothman? If there's like this lure of this murderer that comes back like a sailor with a hook every summer and 
does like a killing. What what category is that? If it's not really a like Friday the Thirteenth or Freddy Krueger, where does that lie in monsters? <laughs> well, I I don't know. I guess that would be like old wives' tales or something. Yeah, old wives' tales. Um, that occasional harbinger of doom. You know, like a lot of people think that Mothman was. You know, when he showed up on the scene, it was to, you know, to warn people of calamity or whatever. But if you've read the Mothman prophecies, Mothman plays like a minor role in that book. Uh, it, Mothman makes up, you know, the first few chapters and then it's over. Uh, everything is about UFOs, um, men in black showing up uh just real crazy incidents you know people a lady saw a man floating over top of a grade school you know dressed in this big shiny suit with long golden hair and mothman was just a a footnote you know uh but it's it's catchy you know and it, it brought attention so that's what really took off but it was mainly in that in the point pleasant area for a few years there it was just high ufo activity and west virginia is always always full of ufo activity i don't know if it's where we're sparsely populated you know so there's not a lot of light pollution so we get to see the stars you know we get to see what's up there a lot better but uh ufos are pretty common around here is um I know when I said Freddy Krueger and Jason, I didn't mean like them specifically. I just didn't know if there was some kind of lures that exist like that in the realm of cryptic, you know, kind of Mothman theory where they're like, I didn't explain it clear at all. It was like my head blew up, like thinking of all these. <laughs> um, <laughs> is there like in Italy that they're like every four summer, uh, you know, Squid Man walks out of the ocean and kills children. Like, is there, you know, that Freddy Krueger type lure? Is there this kind of stuff all over the world with monsters? Does everywhere have oh, its yeah. own monster? <laughs> yeah. yeah, every, everywhere has their own monsters. Um, pretty much every state in America has their own monsters. And, you know, the the threat that, Momo down in Missouri is going to come back. Um, somehow these same creature is spotted for 50 and 60 years at a time, like they're immortal, you know, but yeah, that's, that's definitely straight up monster category. That's out of cryptid. That's, that's straight up monsters. And it's if you, there. once you get into dimensional and aliens, the sky's the limit. I mean, any, I, I, we're open to anything at that point. I, I feel like I have bad internet. I want to reset my stream because I think it's entirely me. I think I just got a warning at the bottom. And so oh, I did too. Though. Oh, you got one too. Yeah. Can you imagine that's... if we're on together when the a EMS comes through? <laughs> 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 I mean, I don't know if you're one of the people that believe in an EMS, but oh, yeah. like, okay, me too. Uh, <laughs> but I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm, it's totally me. But now that I said it, um, I feel like you seem really clear and I don't want to have to break stream. So, okay. 
never mind. We'll just keep going. But I, it's doing the production end of it too. I totally get lost in conversation sometimes. And then like 45 minutes will go by and I'll have a wave of panic that, oh, did I even record this? <laughs> so I'm like, okay. Um, you got this at one at the same time I did. All right. I'm just going to go on with it then. Um, is in the Bible, you said that, um, well, Bigfoot was your favorite uh, kind of monster, cryptid. Well, you called him a monster, right? What do we call him? What do we call Bigfoot? Uh, I don't know. You can call him a monster. You can call him a cryptid. Um, hell, he might, might be an alien. I don't know. Oh, but, I'm going to stop my internet because I am totally Yeah, monster there. works. So sorry. It's okay. You're fine. Uh, Hold on one sec. If I lose you for a sec, I will be back in this room. Just FYI. And if for whatever reason, if I have to give you a new stream, I will. But I'm going to reset it from right at my base. So okay. um, it might be a second, but I don't even want to mess around. Okay. So sorry. I'll be right back. All right. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me yet? Um, you're coming through. I can hear you. All right. Now, can you hear me? Yep. I can awesome. hear you. And you're no longer frozen. Okay. So perfect. Great. We're going to try it again. And um, I will just edit all that into like a broken segment. And then it like <laughs> explain that we had a weird thunderstorm issue um, to begin <laughs> with. <laughs> so um, you were also telling me that uh, you don't really get uh, political or into too much hot topic stuff on your show. You just kind of like to keep it... Uh, bump yeah yeah i um i'll try really hard not to get political um or anything on as far as any kind of news topic goes it's hard to do uh especially because i'm i'm very very passionate about a lot of issues to just keep it lighthearted. I sit down and shut up, let people tell the, their stories. And I'll ask a few questions to try to pull some details out and then that's it. You know, I just keep it topical. Um, but yeah, it, I don't mind talking about it. <laughs> if you wanted to get into some, do some stuff, you know. What, what's the state of the world right now in West Virginia? Where do a majority of the people... Where? We are about a 50-50 split. Um, we have a very, you understand being in Florida, we have an elderly community, you know, so they're all about um, JFK Democrat. You know, that's what, that's what they believe they still are. And they don't realize that their party's dead. Um, they're all about the vaccine. You know, they, they trust what, you know, CNN tells them. Um, the younger generation, you know, Gen X, we are not cut from that cloth. You know, we, we're a little bit more awake, a little bit more aware. Um, my wife probably wouldn't care if I told you she's a nurse. She refuses to get the vaccine. I refuse to get the vaccine. I've turned it down about six times. I'm a teacher. So it's kind of sketchy for us. Um, 
you know, is it going to, are they going to try to make it mandatory? Do I need to look for a new job? Um, but as far as, as far as all that goes, they lifted the mask mandate here for the whole state. Mm-hmm. If you've been vaccinated. So everybody just take off their mask, <laughs> you know, nobody wanted to wear it. Um, I had to wear it during work hours because I'm in a classroom for, full of students. And if I wanted to pay the bills, I had to play the game, you know, so I did it. You know, I wore the mask. Um, not all day. There's no way I could do that. I would use every loophole I could. Like if you're having a snack, you're allowed to take your mask off. So I would keep a snack on my desk pretty much all day long. And I'll wear my mask, you know, a couple hours a day. If the principals are roaming the hallways or whatever, you know, uh, it's a, uh, it's very mixed bag here. What did you, um, as a teacher, did you find that? How did, how did kids deal with a mask? Uh, the kids, about 90% of the kids hated it, you know, but you have this small, you know, small percentage that enjoy it. Uh, they think it looks cool. They don't have to worry about having braces and, you know, uh, they just, they like the, the aspect of not being able to see their face. You know, they can probably cuss you out under the mask and you not know it. You know, they, they don't, they didn't grasp, you know, the whole big picture, you know. I wonder if the same amount but, of adults are the same way as like the 10%, like most hate it, 90% hate it. And there's 10% that enjoy like hiding behind it and cussing you out and um, hiding whatever their intentions are a little bit because of it. Yep. Yeah. It's that, uh, I don't know. Uh, to me, there's no reason to wear a mask, right? It even, it even says on the packages of those disposable masks that it does literally nothing to stop any kind of virus. Uh, it's all, I feel like it's all just one big mass ritual. I, I don't know too. what kind of ritual. I, I don't know what kind of ritual it would be. Um, I'm not well versed in that, but I think it's some kind of dark arts that we're all being put in line with, you know. I am of the belief that it's um, Set or Seth. Um, the Aardvark is kind of uh, the representation in um, ancient Egyptian religion. Uh, a way you would conjure Set is you would chant or use the mantra, no justice, no peace. You might kneel for Set. You would wear a mask for Set. You might stand six, six, six feet apart from people in a ritual for set. Um, you might uh, also evoke the color black, um, in which is darkness. It's not the color of an actual um, person's skin that we're led to believe, like African or African-American or Jamaican or whatever. It's um, just a conjuring of like a dark energy And, um, yeah, I've looked into all sorts of things. I definitely think it's one of their rituals that they're forcing us to do. And it takes away, uh, it's a big thing that governments have used throughout time. It, once they cover our face, we're less likely to speak. We become muffled. The vibration of that comes out of us 
is so important for every animal to hear, including other humans. And when you muffle that, it takes away a huge part of that vibration. Um, taking away our smile, like if a dog shows its teeth to another dog, there's energy that comes from that. It's the opposite for a human showing their teeth to another human most of the time. So I'm with you on the ritual thing. There's really no reason to wear a mask, even if um, top 10 level Wuhan lab bioweapon of the century is coming out, um, your mask still makes little to no sense. <laughs> right. It, yeah. it, emotionally, being a teacher um, in the, did you, are you back in the classroom or was it a Zoom year where you did everything on Black Mirrors? It was chaotic um, up until January. We were virtual, um, trying to do it from home or whatever. And then we would come back to the school. Students had the option of staying virtual or coming in person. So we lost about 75% of our student population. They stayed virtual. The other 25% would come in. Um, anytime somebody tested positive for COVID or there was, you know, an exposure, the school would go back to virtual. So until probably April, I would see my students, you know, maybe half of the time, you know, there are other times, you know, they were sent home on virtual and we were, we were required to still come to the school and do virtual lessons while, to an empty classroom, you know, over Zoom and being in a poor community the students just didn't have internet you know that about half of our student body lives with their grandparents um due to opioids and other issues that we have going on in this state so if grandma and grandpa don't have internet or don't know how to use it the student's not going to get on a computer so there's no communication at all uh then once things kind of calmed down and everybody started coming, uh, they kept changing the rules, you know, because West Virginia really wants to get back to work. Um, so they, they would change the rules. They would change this color-coded map or whatever so we could come back more often. But where I refused to get the vaccine, anytime I was exposed, I had to go in quarantine for 10 days. So I missed almost the entire month of May because my wife tested positive for COVID. Um, I was put in quarantine from my work. And then about halfway through that, my nephew who lives with me, he tested positive for COVID. So that reset my 10 day quarantine. So I went about 20 days not being allowed to go back to work um because i was around somebody who tested positive for covid and by the way they're a hundred percent fine they felt like they had a head cold for about three or four days and they were back to work before i was how many times did you guys have to get tested if your wife was a nurse and you were a teacher were you guys getting tested by the daily the weekly uh 
about once a week. I've, I've been tested. I only got tested when I had to return to work. Um, or every time they test positive, I had to retest too. I never, I never came up positive. Uh, I'll explain that in a minute too. But I've tested five times now, negative every time. Did did you notice any symptoms from the test? Like as far back as they're sticking? I have a nose phobia, so I don't like anything in my nose. I haven't been tested once the whole time. I'll never be tested. Um, and it, it, just the idea of something going in my nose that far, it, it gives me some kind of dry heave. Just the thought of it's making my, like, I feel like, <laughs> like I have to. And um, every... Uh, like the UFC specifically, I'm an MMA fan. I would watch how they would have all the fighters sit down and get tested and how we were watching all uh, the celebrities get tested and they were really normalizing this, which is another Egyptian ritual that they actually used to do. And they would stick um, a long stick um, in people's noses and break the blood brain blood brain barrier and then you would be all open to any heavy metals or bacteria or any other um whatever they had going on with their rituals and it's just uh it's bizarre to me that we were I mean this is such a common sense thing and I know I've heard it on a million conspiracy podcasts that we are standing six 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 feet apart and all wearing masks yet we have to get tested all the way back up in our face like that it's just it's ludicrous yeah and yeah I I got a uh, my sinuses got real dry you know uh, there was pain in my nasal cavity um, for days after getting tested it was pretty miserable, um, but there, was, there wasn't any kind of bleeding or any kind of other symptoms other than just a real discomfort for a long time. But after getting tested four times in the month of May, I can understand, you know, that I was probably cut or scratched or something up in there. But I never tested positive. Um, there's, I have a couple theories as to why I wasn't test, testing positive. One, I'm sure you've heard of it. They said that there's a uh, a blood type, you know, like if you're, I'm O positive blood. And even the nurses at the clinic I went to said that I was probably not going to test positive because of my blood type. Um, but when all this stuff happened, I'm a, I'm a big Alex Jones guy. <laughs> I love Alex Jones. And right off the bat, um, I think it was April of 2020. Uh, he was on tinfoil hat and I heard him talking about um, zinc and vitamin D and stuff like that. So I went out and I bought all those vitamins, all those supplements then and started taking them because when it first happened, you know, I was like the rest of the world. I was like, oh shit, you know, what is this? So I started taking all these vitamins and I really think that my immune system is just through the roof. Um, when my wife was in the, the highest peak of being symptomatic, you know, we were still sleeping in the same bed, you know, kissing her good night and I never got it. It's just kind of weird. You know, if it's, if it's so deadly and so contagious, why didn't I get it? And I just think that the whole thing is a ruse. 
you said you're a huge Alex Jones fan. How long have you been um, on the train? I don't know. I I don't know. Even know the word woke is the word anymore. How long did you know the news was lying to us? Um, probably 2008, um, 2008, 2009. Like I said, I was, I was still in the air force at the time and I was turned on to Alex Jones by uh, another, he was a senior NCO. He's a master sergeant and he, he kind of brought me into the loop and showed me a lot of these videos, you know, old Alex Jones videos, you know, he's going out to, uh, Bohemian Grove and stuff like that. And everything just fell apart, you know, like everything sucked. You know, I couldn't, couldn't have favorite celebrities, couldn't like music anymore. Uh, I just kept going deeper and deeper, you know, down that rabbit hole, you know, whatever he was talking about at the time. And I just kept it to myself, you know, cause I, I looked crazy. If I, if I would talk about it, I sounded crazy. So I guess I've been woke or awake or whatever for about 12 or 13 years. Did um, you find Alex Jones through cryptids and stuff? No, no. Um, I've been into the paranormal and cryptids all my life. Um, I grew up in a haunted house and stuff like that. So it, it's always just been a part of what I do and what I like. But Alex Jones... I don't know. He just, he helped me understand what's, what's really going on. Um, as far as the political world goes, I could not have cared less about politics, even being in the military and having, you know, different heads of state as my, you know, commander in chief, I didn't care. Um, until I realized that, you know, we got a lot of, a lot of times we're not the good guys, you know, I hate to say that, but it was, uh, it was a, a reckoning <laughs> for me when I, when I watched it and learned a little bit more. No, that's the exact same thing. I was a pretty, uh, pro-American kid, you know, uh, I just, I was apple pie and fireworks and somewhere, you know, I found punk rock music. And I found like going against the grain and started to look, you know, I was always into philosophy and history and things of that nature. But when the rug was ripped out from under me of, I think the United States, the, the, the idea of the dream I was living in of the freedom that I thought I had. And it was like when the illusion came crumbling down and I thought it was like, it came crumbling down on me, I think, with uh, 9-11 with Bush. And very quickly after that, and you know, you go through the Prescott Bushes and the Nazi of it all. And, you know, very quickly after that, and you get into the Clintons. And then once you're Bushing and Clintons and Bushing and Clintons and Obama in, and then you're like, oh, my gosh, this is everything. This is everything. Like, do I have any facts or any beliefs that are my own? Do I, how long has this been going on? This is every single thing I learned in school. And even my teachers aren't allowed to teach me anymore. What 
you know, the way you and I probably grew up where teachers were like, okay, we have to teach this lesson. And however way they wanted to teach that, you got that information. If I wanted to, we're going to skip outside around a tree, but you knew your presidents at the end, I could teach you in that way. And now you right. almost get a stricter book on how you have to teach than the weird test that the students are having to take of what they're supposed to learn. And it, none of it is anything practical. It's not real history. Um, maybe it's real math. I don't know. They, no. they won't let you write English. They're breaking. They don't want you to learn the alchemy of pen to paper um, or intentions of when you write pen to paper, how different that sentence is compared to tippy tapping on a computer and a soulless black mirror. Um, yeah, I just think we're fucking broken at our core. No, Jim. No, Jim. And another thing that woke me up is, you know, I was, I was being exposed to all of this. And then there's the election, you know, um, Ron, Ron Paul, my man, running for president. Um, I liked everything he had to say, you know, and they, they would ask him about, should you, you know, he wanted to legalize cocaine. It was what they tried to get him on. And they're like, so should you not be required to wear a seatbelt? You know, and his answers of, should you wear a seatbelt? Sure, it's a great idea. Should there be a law that requires you to do it? Hell no, there shouldn't be a law to require you to do it. That made sense to me. And then I'm watching Fox News, you know, the one that everybody's supposed to like, I guess. <laughs> they they had these Fox News polls, you know, and everybody was calling in and they're they're supporting Ron Paul. And then they start calling that poll a fluke. You know, well, you know, it's he's got this grassroots movement and they've just saturated the polls and that that's a that's a one-off that can't be real you know and they just kind of pushed ron paul out of the way that let me know there's no chance of us having somebody in there that's you know that's a real patriot you know so that that kind of exposed it to me too i miss i remember the ron paul days i was also a huge jesse ventura gal um, oh, yeah. I just thought that guy was on some next level shit and, um, a weird one. Is it Kyle Chris? Is that the, the mm -hmm. sniper or the American sniper that I, all the Bradley Cooper movie of it all was made? Um, when he came out and said Jesse Ventura, uh, like pushed him somewhere or tried to start a fight with him somewhere. And then Jesse Ventura was suing him. I never, it's like that moment opened me up to level of conspiracies i had no idea that moment opened me up to what was it black black uh was it black rock no um he had the original predator symbol the kyle christ's or uh, craft craft um yeah so there was the craft agency the boston bombing um yes, yes. <laughs> and then they totally <laughs> murdered that guy uh, to yep. close off all of those loose ends. And um, they tried to take down Jesse Ventura in the process of doing all that too, but he was he sued him for it and ended up running yeah. away to uh, the Baja. But that was definitely one of the people that I took seriously because of Alex Jones. Yeah. Yeah, me too. And, uh, and all of 
SEAL Team 6, don't forget, they all died, right, in a training operation, except for one guy, the one who actually says he shot Osama bin Laden, and he is now a Fox News personality. And if you go you know, through SEAL so Team 6 operations, you're like, seriously? These, this is the amount of operations you want us to believe that the whole entire, every single person in this, and it's just all loose, loose ends, all tied up because these guys are dead now. Yep. The the best yep. deals. <laughs> these guys are all yeah. dead now. I know. Yeah. It's pretty wild, huh? I know. It, it's um, ludicrous. I remember when Alex Jones first got pulled off uh, YouTube and it was like, whoop, first they come for Alex Jones. It was just the immediate first they come for Alex Jones. And it was so quick how they used Alex Jones. And he never, there was a couple things Alex Jones did that were really sketchy to me. He never, um, he was a Sandy Hook guy. We all knew it. And he kind of had to bow out of the Sandy Hook thing. They, they probably set him up with that and made somebody violent happen just so, and they tried to take his kids and do all this other weird shit. Um, he never was a Pizzagate dude. Alex never right. got down into Pizzagate. And uh, he also never got into QAnon. So it's like no. these two huge things he steered away from, but he really politically at that time when those two things were out, his number one goal was getting Trump voted in. That was his whole, so he was not even trying to mess around with any of these other fringe things. He was trying to clean up his own act. I go back and forth on Alex mm -hmm. Jones um, on whether or not yeah. he's a gray hat because he's also allowed to joke, go on Joe Rogan, but Joe Rogan will only let him speak after he's had a half a bottle of alcohol. It's like yeah, a weird way that. they try to um, contour. It's like they're taking, I call it the Game of Thrones. They're taking something really good and they're rewriting the ending. And that's what I feel like Joe Rogan does to Alex Jones every single time he goes on. Like, let's get him wasted and then get him off the rails. Yeah. Yeah, get him wasted so you can just pass him off as the crazy drunk guy. Yeah. When he... Uh, did you get down with all of Eddie Bravo? You know, I've heard Eddie Bravo a couple of times, you know, when Sam Tripoli talks about him or talks to him or whatever, but I, I don't know much about Eddie Bravo. I, I, I'm not into MMA. I, I don't know any of those, those people really, but from what I've heard more recently, like with, uh, with what Sam does, you know, on his show and you know, the unwanted and stuff like that. Um, I, I think we'll have to dig into Eddie Bravo. I don't, I don't know much about him really. I think he was like the biggest dude to probably besides Eric Dubay to really go hard in the paint with flat earth. Um, he was kind of yeah. schlick cause he took his podcast off air, not because people didn't want to watch it because, but he just felt he didn't have anything more to say. And if he did have something to say, he would release a show, but instead he just started going on tinfoil hat with Sam but he has brought up everything, everything about Pizzagate, everything about Hillary, everything about the Podesta emails. And he's brought it all up on Joe Rogan. And he's brought it up with like Brian Callen there screaming in his face, calling him like ridiculous. And that's already been, you know, debunked. Snopes already debunked that. And Joe's like, what are you even talking about, Eddie? You can't just go around and say this. Eddie's even said on Joe about uh, Chris Cornell and. Um, oh, 
Okay. Lincoln Park. He's even brought up shit like that, that Joe is like, you are not allowed to say that. That guy just died. And Eddie's like, I'm just saying they they were looking up, you know, human trafficking and child abuse stuff. And look where we're at. Another person dead. Also, uh, yeah, Anthony Bourdain was a Joe Rogan fan or friend. It's weird how all those guys yeah. are attached. It is, ain't it? And you, you mentioned Chris Cornell. That was... Uh... The sun rose and set on Chris Cornell for me. <laughs> I was a huge Chris Cornell fan. I, I got to go see him play an acoustic set out in uh, Cleveland, Ohio. It was wonderful. And when when he passed away, I honestly quit listening to music, period. Um, there's no way in this world to me that he committed suicide. And then for, you know, his kid's godfather, Chester, to commit suicide on, what was it, Chris Cornell's birthday, the, the following year or whatever. Yeah, I really think that they just got too close. Um, but especially it being John Podesta's son. Um, I, it, all that stuff just is so obvious to me. But Chester is John Podesta's son. If you guys don't yeah. know what we're talking about, please look that up. Just put Lincoln Park Chester, John Podesta, and uh, in your Google. I swear to be, I don't even duck that go anymore. I believe in revelation of the method. Everything has to be on Google. So even though they're letting you think everything's hidden, you just have to have different eyes to see what's on the front page. So if they're telling you like, this isn't true, this isn't true, this isn't true, it's probably true. And there'll, yeah. there'll be tons of pictures just put in Chester, Lincoln Park, John Podesta, and Google image search it, and you will be stunned at what, how much they look alike. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a carbon copy of each other. Um, yeah, that was a, that was a big one for me that solidified any kind of idea about the whole child trafficking ring. And that was a, that was a dark time, you know, that, that's that's a hard one to handle you know to know how real that pizza gate stuff is and um that it's our government that does it that's that's tough that's a, that's a tough subject it's um maybe the hardest pill to swallow and then when you start looking at the silence of hollywood the complicitness nature of hollywood um, the amount of proof we can give you through Hollywood and um, mm -hmm. that all of Washington's playing along. We have Wayfair playing along. We have Alibaba playing along. We have all of these websites and Amazons and things playing along. Um, but if I tried to put this live on um, YouTube right now. And at the beginning of it, I said, QAnon anti-vax, we'd get pulled. But if we oh, were yeah. some creepy adults doing something creepy with kids, you'd be two clicks away from seeing stuff that is entirely inappropriate. And YouTube doesn't stop that. It's, right. yeah, it's, I mean, it's all set up that we're still in a place that your child has more chance of being taken into human trafficking than dying of coronavirus. Yeah, that's that's scary shit, ain't it? It's so scary. And 
uh, you know, we keep talking about the border, the border, the border, and they talk about all the cages at the border. And um, let's say I'm a woman and I'm going across the border with my kid and some coyote or man says he's going to help me across the border and he takes me across the border and we get busted and now I don't speak English and he does and he says that's my wife and kid so we should stay in a cell with this dude uh, the fi- we should all have to sit in a cell with him and then right. what they're noticing is what was happening is they would take me and send me back take my kid and leave it somewhere and then they were noticing the same kid come across the border six and seven times with different men. And this is what the news will tell us about, just the stuff that they'll tell us about. But I would even argue still the reason those border walls are put there is to keep your kids here, not to keep other people out of here. It's just too horrific to think about. It is. Yeah. It is. Uh, I know where do you go hard. from pizza? Um, <laughs> it's like yeah. <laughs> well, I I I tell you where I I'll go. Um, I heard you on Truthzilla, and I, I know this is going to air a little later than you know. It's not live or anything like that. But on June sixteenth, I heard you on Truthzilla. Uh, I don't know. It was that most recent episode. And you guys touched on the Great Reset a little bit. Um, I'd like to know more about the Great Reset. And, you know, I I heard you guys talking and I I had a thought because you were also talking about cyber attacks being the new threat. And that was uh, something Sam Tripoli was talking about this week, too. Um, He had an emergency episode about cyber attacks. And, you know, if they want to have a great reset, what do you do? Like, what did we do when the the Zoom call crashed? You know, we had to turn it off and turn it back on again, right? If they're doing a great reset, wouldn't that make sense that they would turn off the internet, they would turn off cyber, and then turn it back on again the way they want it? Um, I think it's all, I think all that's connected to. I, I think that this is pre-planned, um, that, the cyber attack that's going to be coming this winter um, is that's what you know they're speculating now because Schwab talked about a scenario that was just like the scenario they talked about with COVID. He compared um, the cyber attack that that could be coming. Said that the coronavirus scare will be tiny compared to what the cyber attack would do. So I I think that's what's coming next. I, I believe that I believe that for the last 12, 15 years, I've been waiting for there to be some kind of cyber attack, some kind of attack on our power grid. And I think now that they got us this broken down and they've wrecked our economy this much and we have this uh, alien overlord project blue beam disclosure coming in the next couple of weeks, I think it's all going to culminate into some kind of big um cyber attack faux cyber attack you know it'll be like the perpetrated false flag. by our own people just like yeah false flag just like you know 9-11 i think it's that's going to be our next big hit and that'll probably be the end of these uh these podcasts too for a while if they want it to be you know 
it's a, it's a good way to stop all the truth from coming out. I have gone, I think their plan, the evil day, um, that what was supposed to happen this time last year, March last year is, um, Trump was supposed to leave the borders open. There was a real deadly manipulated, created bioweapon, not a fucking virus, a bioweapon that was supposed to come yeah. here. And some of it probably did a little bit. We probably got, and that was all quelled. And, um, but that happened. I think Soleimani was supposed to shoot off a nuclear weapon and he had keys to a nuclear weapon out of Iran and he was found in Iraq and that Trump did that without notifying Congress because they're all a bunch of fucking rats and they would have told Soleimani and so that guy was taken out and he had one of the nuclear keys. I think Trump made friends with uh, Kim Jong-un in North Korea and that was supposed to be a permanent fear for us so oh and now the nuclear missiles are coming I think the bombing in Beirut was supposed to be deeper into the city if it was just fucking 10 stories down and 10 yards uh, further in it would have been atrocious death it was literally the least amount of casualties that could have gone down for that size of an explosion um, so I think that was even planned by the good guys I think um, the gas crisis was supposed to be a bigger thing, but that got fixed in like a few days. I think the um, Suarez, Suarez Canal was supposed to be a huge fear. They've tried to military uh, war hornet us. They've tried to coin shortage us. They've tried to race war us. They've stolen our election. They crashed our economy. They've um, done all this stuff. And I think it was still supposed to be worse. I still think the good guys are in control right now. I still think all this buildup of like, um, if you look at Snopes every day, it's like, look at these are doctored pictures of Hillary Clinton going to Gitmo, which all my anon friends or all my black pilled friends or all my red pilled conspiracy friends, no one's putting around pictures of Hillary going to Gitmo. So it's like Snopes right. covering their ass of what they know is coming. Snopes has also been putting out today um, in the last two days. Um, these are fake tickets to a second inauguration for Trump. This is all fake second inauguration stuff. When I hear them start saying stuff that the truther community hasn't even fucking mentioned, somebody's covering their fucking ass. When I see Britney Spears or Bluebeam, every president has a pop star. Every single one. Obama had Miley Cyrus. Bush had Britney. It's like a commonplace thing. Um, it's just all smoke and mirrors, the same as Bluebeam would be. They just use Hollywood for it. Bluebeam's no different than the coronavirus, an invisible enemy, um, right. which is to me just communist China has been taken over. I, I would go all the way back to like Nixon and what he deleted off those Watergate tapes was probably China and human trafficking. And um, even look at we're all getting injected and China lifts their fucking mandate on how many kids they can have per household because to take over a culture, you have to do it with the children. And so they are breaking us from our most American apple pie firework fucking selves. But I still don't think mm -hmm. they won. I still think we're in control. I still think Mariposa state laws fucking matter. We're not a country like every other country out there. We're 50 United fucking states. Uh, right. 
Once Mariposa does this forensic audit, which is supposed to be done, they're doing 100,000 votes a day. There's watermarks on every single ballot, real ballot that was in our country that the military put out. There are watermarks on these ballots. Every single con- every single state has watermarks. So every single fake ballot doesn't. In Mariposa alone, Donald Trump lost in Mariposa by 11,000 votes. They have proof right now as we sit that 250,000 votes are missing. I am a betting woman. I would bet 250,000 are for Donald Trump. So right now as we sit, just with their count, he's winning Arizona by 239,000 votes just for Mariposa County. So Donald Trump's still your fucking president. Um, He never went away. And everything that's happened in this whole time has been treason us from... um, Uh, Mother Teresa's son, Dr. Fauci, all the way um, to Joe Biden, to Kamala Harris, to the Clintons, to Anderson Cooper on your TV, to Rachel Maddow. Um, They're all complicitly playing along, selling you a fucking narrative, and I will watch them hang for treason. And I think everyone else will, too. So I think for me, when the emergency broadcast system goes out and all this shit shuts down, it will be because you are forced, like the O.J. Simpson trial, to watch military tribunals for leaders worldwide, all the way from Boris, Ghislaine Maxwell's ex, all the way to Macon fucking who married his teacher, which is crazy. He was like 14 and she was like 38, (laughs) like insane. And, um, Macron, sorry, I said Macon, but all of them are creepy and I think it's all going to play out and I think it's playing out right now. I'm watching stuff go down every day and I think it was just supposed to be so much worse. Like even when people are like, yeah. well, what are you talking about, Cheney? We had a race war. And I'm like, mm, did we though? We had a couple of mad white kids in the wow. streets with Black Lives Matter signs pulling down statues that they didn't even know the historical meaning of. Like, that's what we had. We had no right. race war. We had people upset um, that oh, George Floyd uh, was knelt on and everybody thought Derek Chauvin was going to get off. But guess what? He didn't. And that went. Phew. It was like a wet fart. It Nothing happened. It <laughs> just stunk. It, so I'm kind of I'm an optimist right now, but I'm kind of uh, I think I believe in a secret society of good guys. I really hope you're right. Um, General Flynn's brother is, um, if you guys don't know who General Flynn is, I'm sorry to get all QA on, but you should look him up. Really? He is the general of the digital soldiers. And um, his brother is the head of the Army Pacific Fleet. These aren't people that we're just like talking out of our ass. This is bloodline shit. And it's bad bloodlines versus good bloodlines. And, you know, pick it apart any way you want to, but... I think JFK, RFK, JFK Jr., Princess Diana, Michael Jackson, uh, Chester Benningfield. Um, you know, I think all these people were good guys. And I think sometimes to like take down a snake lair, you might have to crawl on your belly. But, um, you know, it's a lot of reptiles in the world know how to crawl on their belly, including dragons. And, um, yeah, I got to, you know, I, 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 I lived in Hollywood. If I could have fallen prey to being um, an adrenochrome drinking slut, but I could have been found by really good guys and they could have been like, hey, bitch, do you think you're game enough to handle the biggest role of a lifetime? And I would have been like, fuck, yeah, let's take down the cabal. And that's where I'm at now. Uh, You know, I mean, that's what we're doing. Like, 
fuck it. So I don't yeah. know. I I'm the the optimist, and um, everybody it triggers people because I'm still uh, kind of Q, and um, it triggers me even more now that I'm like I'm a witch. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Everybody had a little Q in them. You know what I mean? Everybody was Q, and then you know the when the capital riot or whatever they called it um didn't result in people being dragged out into the street and joe biden assumed position uh everybody's like well QAnon, i i never fell for that you know uh, that was a psyop i'm still holding out some hope you know i had a, a on this picture frame on my wall it, it used to be a map of the great awakening, you know, <laughs> it had about 200 different things written all over it, you know, for what was supposed to be going on. And, uh, my wife just yesterday said that, you know, while she was at work, she come home and was telling me that Donald Trump's supposed to come back into office in 20 by 2022. And I was like, Oh shit, where'd you hear that at? You know? And she said, everybody was, you know, there's several people that she works with was all excited about it and stuff because they had heard that, um, at Mariposa County, you know, that, you know, this, all these votes are going down and that this is it, that, that Trump's coming back and it'll be no later than 2022 and that everything's going to be all right. And all this bullshit that we've had to deal with for the last six months is going to be for naught. And it got me excited, but I go on Google. I see nothing about it. I go on DuckDuckGo and I see nothing about it. And I just thought, man, was that just another you know, get her hopes up for no reason. But then I see where you're posting about these tickets, these second inauguration tickets. So if, if you know more about that, I would love to hear it. I would love to have some optimism because I haven't been able to watch. Pretty much whatever and- they say, I just know the opposite's coming. So like I knew I was with, for me, I was anti-QAnon at first because I was such an old conspiracy theorist. It just pissed me off that they were lumping all this shit together. And then somewhere I checked my ego and was like, isn't this always what you wanted is for everyone to wake up? Why are you so mad at this? Like, why don't you help these kids fucking find the information they're looking for instead of calling them all idiots for asking the question? And... um So I realized, like, once I put my ego away, that as much as I knew about all these conspiracies, these Q kids knew more about what was actually happening every day. They knew the key players that were inside Congress. They knew the people that were in the Senate. They knew um, all the cabinet members. They knew the bills that were being signed. They knew what Trump was doing on the back end. They knew where Melania was traveling. They knew what um, child human trafficking bills were being signed around the world under Ivanka traveling. They knew that Obama's flight records were right behind Trump's no matter where he went in the world. It was like the stuff they were paying attention to was kind of next level. And they were even paying attention to the military in a way that as a conspiracy theorist, I stopped doing. And um, they started watching the news in a way of not looking to the news to tell them the fact, but looking to the news that if they were lying, they knew they it was like whatever the news was saying, the opposite became true. And so for me, 
um, I was watching Saturday Night Live one night and I was already an anon by the time, but they were did a mocking sketch of I'm an anon witch. I blah, blah, blah. And it was like on the weekend update. And I was already feeling magic as fuck. And if you look through really cute posts, there's tons about spiritual war and magic yep. and meme magic and uh, intentional and planning and all this stuff that's really um, biblical in a magic way. And once I saw, I consider SNL part of the big conglomerate of black mirrored brainwashing that we're all a part of, and they were mocking it, I knew it was real. And so the mocking and the constant mirage that they have to feed me is how I now see my truth. So if I put in Trump's inauguration in my Google search bar and I press news, if every single article says QAnon, fake, false, hoax, blah, 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 I'm like, whoa, there's legs to this. They're panicking. They're panicking. They put out how many documentaries they put on CNN, MSNBC, HBO to try to just flatline the movement. Why are they still talking about it now? Why are they still talking about Donald Trump now? It's like, why are they um, doing sit-down interviews with Obama and Anderson laughing about the QAnon movement? Why didn't Trump ever come out and say it's not real? There's right. just little things that everybody could have put it to bed really easy. And I know black-pilled people are like, don't you see? It's all a fucking plan, so you guys sit on your hands. And I'm like, well, all the Anons I know have weapons. All the Anons I know um, have been as maskless as much as they can. They've posted about it. They've lost friends and family over it. They're standing at their city halls. They're standing in their courthouses. They're standing at Washington, D.C. on 1-6. So they're not sitting on their hands. So maybe everybody stop projecting on QAnon. Maybe stop watching documentaries about how shitty QAnon is. And maybe... Just for just spend a little time researching your fucking vaccine ingredients or fucking human trafficking. It's like crazy to me that QAnon or Q or Anons have all been demonized, yet they stand really in as far as the conspiracy world's concerned, they have the most amount of information. They're not sitting on their hands and they're still fighting the good fight. Why everybody else is like Wah, let's talk about vaccines every day. Ah, ah, look at those stupid anons think it's the mark of the beast. Ah, ah, ah. Well, why don't you want to get it? Why don't you want to get the vaccine? There's maybe some truth to this mark of the beast that you're so don't you want to mock it. But what is it? What's the beast? What is it? What is the system? I don't know. I, I, I just think there's a whole lot of mockery of what people don't understand. And so it's become, it's funny. It's like Q has become a monster of its own. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Way to tie that all in there. That was beautiful. <laughs> yeah. And you mentioned, uh, you know, the mark of the beast. And, you know, for me, that is a big part of not wanting the vaccine. Uh, for my wife, it's more like uh, she don't know what's in that shit. Why would she get a vaccine for something that felt like a head cold? she doesn't want a vaccine you know just from that perspective but for me i'm like you know you you they're trying to throw around things like you can't travel unless you have your 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 papers you know 
you're the bad guy if you don't get it. You know, and it's like, if this isn't the mark of the beast, then it's a hell of a trial run for, you know, who would take it, you know, when that day does come. And with everything being as satanic as it is with this government, you know, what made you think that it, they wouldn't do something like that? You know, I'm worried about what the long-term effects of this vaccine are going to be, or even the short-term effects, you know, um, what was that company? I think it was your, you guys talking on Truthzilla, talking about um, some kind of company that's looking to replace all of their employees that have had the vaccine within three years. Was that, was that you guys talking about Yeah, I think Scott was saying that. Yeah. Um, What do they know? You know, Uh, why are they pushing so hard for 12 year olds and up, you know, about the time puberty hits and up to go get that vaccine? Why the young people, uh, unless there's something in there, you know, and if this is altering your DNA, what, what six or eight eight months from now nine months from now what are children of vaccinated people going to have different with them than what we have now you know is there going to be some kind of mutation is there going to be some kind of are are there going to be 100 percent human anymore you know if there's if there's something that's altering your dna you know it just it's scary to me are you, you know, like genetically modified owned crop now? Yeah, exactly. I, are you your GMO? Um, your genetically modified organism. Um, there's the, that whole theory of what aliens could be, you know, that they are us from the future coming back, right? To make sure something goes on or whatever. If, and if, if aliens, and I'm sounding really nuts, but if aliens look the way they do, you know, this weak body, strong mind, you know, which is how people are supposed to eventually get event, uh, one of these days, right? Uh, is this the day that it happens? Is, is this, this vaccine, is this what jump starts that? You know, is there some kind of something that we don't know about in these vaccines that sets the path of us to become these grays that everybody sees? Um, if that is truly our descendants, you know, that have, you know, been in time and space to come back here. I, I do a lot of thinking. I don't get a lot of, a lot of chance to talk about it. So my words aren't perfect, but, um, there's a, there's a whole lot, there's something about this vaccine that just don't sit right. And I don't know what it is. And I'm, so I sit here and I scramble about what could it be? What could it be? But there is no way that they would push something this hard for our benefit. No, they're um, not giving us broccoli or free exercise. Right. Yeah. They're not telling you to take your ass out in the sun, um, you know, eat your leafy greens and take some zinc. There's something wrong with this. Um, so I don't know if it's the mark of the beast. I don't know if it's going to turn you into a, you know, a four foot tall gray alien. I'm not saying that, that those are really going to happen or that's really what's going on, but it's something. Uh, if it's just something as foreseeable as population control, you know, the whole Bill Gates agenda, right? Um, does it sterilize? Is it going to sterilize you within two or three years like the vaccines that he's put out before have done? 
um, in other countries. So I'm not going to get it. Uh, my family's not going to get it. Uh, well, my house, because everybody else in my family, just about outside of my household, has gotten it. And it worries me, you know. So to be red-pilled and not being able to do anything about it, it's a pretty shitty situation. It does feel helpless sometimes. And, you know, I look up all these papers for Moderna or Johnson and Johnson, and um, they're all in study right now. The study of any of these tests, the earliest one that is 2022 that the study's even finished. And so it's being ran on us, which makes me question in any study, there has to be placebo being put out as well. So there has to be saline shots in some of those people's vaccines has to be, has to be because we're still under the study. So, um, I'd actually be interested on the percentage of that. And then what percentage of people, um, that they're like, I had my shot. I didn't feel anything. And I would like, oh, I wonder if they had the saline because that would be the placebo. And then, I mean, it, it, any of the paper says it's study, so they can't all be real vaccines. Some of them actually have to be saline. That's how all studies work. Um, right. And then the mark of the beast of it, like you kind of made my brain philosophize saying the alien thing because the gray aliens specifically always remind me of ants, you know, the way they look. And... I always think of ants and their like hive mind brain that like they don't have their own thinking brain. They're all attached to this like source one ant that's telling them all what to do. And she's using all these other ants as feelers to go out there and feel the world. And in that Neuralink kind of way, like the Elon Musk, if we all inject that in our brains and we just become organic computers that were just all eyes and all brains with thin little sickly bodies. That's what the grays seem like to me. They're all hive minding to a source, like a computer source, um, where that is the exercise in free will. They want you to download yourself and take yourself out of the divine. Like they want you to fear death so that, and have this idea of living forever in a computer or something. Yes. Um, what you just talk about, kill, you know, taking out the divine. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm trying my best to quit smoking. And this is, Oh, I'm totally, really I'm smoking two things at once. <laughs> <laughs> uh, talk about this, you know, wiping out the divine. Did, have you seen that video of, it was Bill Gates. He was doing like a PowerPoint presentation um, it was one of those like leaked videos to these heads of military. And he was talking about wanting to administer a vaccine. Um, the whole basis of it was during, um, you know, the whole jihad, you know, Middle East war. And he wanted to be able to release this vaccine to the Middle East because what he had created um, was some kind of shot to where they they did these MRI scans and to a a, a radical they would they would say or a, a a devout believer if they would say something about Allah or God it would fire off certain parts of the brain you know have a big reaction on their scan 
Um, an atheist, they could use the same word, same terminology, and it would have very little effect. You know, there, was, there wasn't much of a reaction. Well, this chemical that he wanted to introduce through this vaccine would dull down that reaction in these fundamentalists and these radicals to where they wouldn't feel the need to commit jihad. And he was trying to pass it off like, you know, if we do this, it would stop these suicide bombings, these martyrs and stuff like that. All that says to me is this is a God killer. You know, if this, if there's a, if there's really a chemical out there that can deaden that part of your brain to where whatever or wherever in your mind reacts to God or your faith, if it can dull that out and deaden that, then that effectively would kill God for you. And how do I know that's not in this vaccine? How do I know that's not going to be in a vaccine to come and in a booster shot two years down the road? Um, another reason not to get the, the, the jabby. Um, have you seen anything like that? Have you seen that video that I'm talking about? Um, I have seen people, I haven't seen that one, but I have seen people um, talk about, about even since getting the shot on different interviews on TikTok or IG, um, that they feel soulless or they felt God leave them. And, uh, you know, if people think Taliban, jihad or Taliban or, uh, these kind of, um, Al Qaeda groups and take out the group that the government creates. <laughs> it right. sounds, this is a fucking crazy idea. But those are just people, those are patriots of their land trying to protect their land from an evil invading force so they can protect their families, so they can protect their resources, so they can protect their culture, their way of life, their way of worship. And um, what, wherever in the world, these groups um, that we are like, like even the word jihad means holy war, you know? So. Right. Aren't, aren't we all kind of like, I feel like I'm in a holy war right now. I feel like I'm in the middle of a spiritual war and I don't know if I'm a fucking angel or a fairy or a witch or a human or some amalgamation of all these star seed, indigo, Lumerian, weird things. Um, but something energetically, I know I'm good fighting for good versus tyranny and bad. And I would have to think if I was in the Middle East or in Europe or in Canada or in China, the same spirit, um, even if I wasn't an American lesbian, the same spirit would exist. And I do believe they're trying to kill whatever that is that attaches all of us to the idea that we are attached to a source and we are born free. I, I agree hundred percent. I think that it's, I think that's the long game is to completely remove God, uh, to completely remove, you know, you know, whoever you identify as your God, you know, um, like you said, no matter where you're at in the world, you know, they don't want you to have faith. They want you to have faith in them. They want, they want you to be subservient to them. And, if whenever I'll see if I can try to find that video and send it to you, but if they could, if they have something like that, you know, why wouldn't they try to push that out in a global vaccine? 
and how long have they already, you know, everything they always say, like in the military, they're like bare minimum. The military tech is 50 years more advanced than anything a civilian holds in their hand. And that's right. if they've to me, since they told you that fact, that fact is 50 years old. So it means they probably have 100 years. <laughs> like, I mean, it's like so whatever they tell you about, whether it's invisibility or mind control or um, killing God and spirit actually inside the human brain. If we can conceive it, they already have it. And um, I actually don't think lizards or whoever's controlling the world, these cold blooded demons, I don't think they have the b ability to create. I think um, whatever it makes us human, our ability to love, our ability to have sorrow because of that love, our ability to create because of that love and sorrow. Um, I don't think they can do that at all. And um, they're so jealous of our attachment to the divine. And they've spent our whole human history to try to make us forget that attachment. For like, I want to, I spent like, when I was first woke, or not even woke, when I was first politically woke, I just spent um, probably a good five years just blaming the baby boomers. Like, what did you do to our fucking country? <laughs> like, you spun in a field did in you? Woodstock, you fucking did drugs, and then you all got credit cards and uh, voted away our freedom. And I'm glad you guys all have good pensions, but we can't even keep the post office going. You know, like, um, yeah. but they yeah. were brainwashed too. Yeah. Yeah. I blamed boomers and then I blamed millennials. You know, I, I was like my little tiny generation X, you know, we're stuck between these two generations and we're just watching the world burn, you know, um, cause one doesn't want to do anything. And the other one has control of everything and we don't have the numbers to stop anything from happening. So I, there was a lot of blame going on, but if you're optimistic, that gives me a little more hope to be, <laughs> to be an optimistic too. I don't, I don't want to give up. Um, I, I feel like four of the best years of my life were the last four years, you know, as far as being an American goes, uh, jobs were everywhere. I've made good money. Um, we didn't go to war for four years, you know, that hasn't happened in my life. You know, that hasn't happened in my dad's life. Uh, I would love to have that back. You know, I was, when, when Trump first ran, I couldn't stand it. I thought it was making a mockery of what could be America. You know, I was, I was a Rand Paul guy then because, you know, Ron wasn't, wasn't running anymore. And what I'm still a classy a guy. fucking guy who uses his dichotomy of words for nothing but knowledge. And then to have this fucking New York mafioso yeah. Hollywood slime guy that you wouldn't even want to wait on in a restaurant. It's like such a yes. opposite, even though they both seem like Republicans yeah. to a liberal. No, no, it wasn't that way. It would be right. like telling a Bernie person that um, Biden's the same. They're like, no, right. I can't accept that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was like, you can't be kidding me that Trump's going to, you know, it's going to be Trump versus Hillary. You know, I went to bed 
I fell asleep like 30 minutes before the decision came out that Trump won. I, I literally went to bed praying. I was, you know, I was that classic American clinging to my Bible and my guns, you know, scared to death that I was going to lose it all because they gave us Trump as our, our guy. And, you know, it's going to be a landslide for Hillary Clinton. And I was really, really upset. And then I thought, okay, I'll give Trump a year. It didn't take three months. I started liking him, you know, uh, for every regulation that they wanted to put in, he made them take out two or three. And I was like, okay, okay, this is, this is going to be all right. You know, and then he surrounded himself by good people and he kept rotating those people out and they, they were acting like he was some kind of tyrant for doing this. You know, that unless you do his bidding, he's going to kick you out. He was just keeping fresh people in there. Nobody could be, you know, victim of special interests. If he, he just kept a, a rotating door of people around him and everything went so smooth and everything went so good. And that's why they had to steal this election. Uh, things did not go as planned, you know? And so I do hold out hope. And I, I was trying to put my hope out to 2024 that something good will happen again. But with what still filters through, you know, that there's a second inauguration possible, that Trump might be back by 2022. You know, I, I never call myself a QAnon person, but I believe, like you said, they have a lot of facts. And if there's still that underground, unspoken fight going on, then hell yeah, I'm, I'm all about that. I think that'd be great. Um, keep me in the loop. Let me know what's going on because I quit watching the news. I quit watching really any TV. Um, I read now, <laughs> you know, I, I read now more than ever. I, I put myself into my, my little program at school. I put myself into my podcast and I'm on my own business. And I felt like almost like you just had to write off our country for a while, you know, for the next four years and just try to keep our family alive. But yeah, if there's a glimmer of hope, I would, I'd love to hear all about it. I feel <clears throat> I have gone through my dark days during the last 16 months or however long we've been playing this rotation of um, all being prisoners of war in our own houses. <clears throat> yeah. But I am blessed that um, in my spiritual awakening and my trip to D.C. and, you know, for what it was worth, even at D.C., how beautiful it was to see vets. Like, there was lines of veterans watching this whole thing go down. Like, I never thought I'd see this in my lifetime. And they didn't know how the whole thing was going to end. And it wasn't because what the picture was showing on TV it was entirely different than what was happening throughout the day in actual DC. But the energy of wanting our country back, even before Trump, even before Obama, even before Bill, even before the Bushes, even before something that <clears throat> maybe from our childhoods, but it was watching vets sit there that they almost... And a couple of them, I heard him say, you know, one uh, in my periphery, um, hey, are you going up there? 
And uh, one of the dudes was like, no, I've already served. It's these kids' turn. And yeah, he, this heavy moment of holding a sign in the street, whether you're really Black Lives Matter or a patriot or uh, just the idea you can do that in this country, for me, I'm touched. But as a lesbian woman, as X generation, I don't have kids. It's something worth fighting for. And the black pill in me refuses to fucking vote in another fucking election that is stolen by Dominion machines that I'm educated enough about to know better. And I am not gonna be quiet about it anymore. And the biggest thing about the Anon movement and for everyone, I had really dear friends and I have fucking dear friends now that I, Come out of the closet. Don't be anonymous anymore. The whole point of this was for all the stuff that you said online, for what, whether you're a big fucking troll or whether you're the most educated fuck in the road, to grab your soapbox and say it with your face. Say it so everyone can hear it. Be a Floridian lesbian who, because I'm so fucking blessed that I'm in the state we never went on lockdown. I got to hold my big mouth in my most depressed days that I wanted to walk into the fucking ocean. I was still here where I never lost my freedom. So I know people all in parts of this fucking country that have legitimately not been around anyone outside of this little weird circle for 16 fucking months. And so I'm not going to go quietly. I don't know how long... We sit idle until it's like, all right, does the South secede? Does the war get bloody? Does the what happens next? But the revolution, war, is really what everyone's trying to avoid. All the smartest people with all the most amount of weapons, yeah. most of them know the atrocities of war, real war. They've been there, and they don't want the single mom who's barely fucking making ends meet that's having to like desperately, you know, cling to her last $30 and figure out how it's going to make groceries, fill that fridge. The vet does not want that mom to have to pick up a fucking gun and fight for her country. And that is a reality of that. It's like a naivete of the people that have never been in a violent situation. Um, it's like they're provoking this violent situation. They want it to happen. They're all online like, let's revolution, revolution. When they really, do you want your fucking mom to have to fist fight in the street? Like, that's what a revolution is. It's not your, yeah. you know, big, huge, everyone strong, you know, that's built for war. It's also, you know, your sister with her five kids who's just trying to go to fucking softball practice you know i don't know i just i think there's real um uh there's like a real responsibility to knowing whatever you know and you should open up your big fucking mouth and say something about it <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're right you know um the last thing i would want to see is a revolutionary war or another civil war. Um, I just, I don't know. Here's where I'm stuck. You know, 
we can talk. Um, everybody in our pretty good sized circle, you know, half of America is awake. They know what's going on. They want a change. But there is such an ideological difference. And I can't even say half of America. I would say probably 80% of America feels the same way. And you got this small fragment who does not have the guns and they don't have the know-how. They have, you know, they're, they're eating the cheese in the trap. I don't know what to say or what to do to wake them up. And I don't see, I don't see America getting right again unless there would be some kind of violence. And I hate that. Um, I'd hate to see that in my country. But when they went to Capitol Hill, I was so disappointed that it ended the way it did. I'll, they said that Congress was all locked into a room saying that they were scared to death or whatever. And that was great, but they needed to be brought out and held accountable. Uh, I'm not advocating to kill anybody. Like I said, I'm a Christian person. I don't want anybody to have to get killed, but it had, they had to be removed. And that was our time to shine. That was our time to do it. I wish I could have been there. Um, I would have went home too, though, you know, because I don't want violence. But I don't know what else it's going to take to stop the powers that be uh, unless they can do it legally. And if they just keep cheating, they keep just doing what they want and never being held accountable. I mean, did Anthony Weiner go to jail? No. Has Hillary Clinton went to jail? No. John Podesta? No. And there's all this evidence against them. What's it going to take to stop it? What's you know? Is it going to is it going to take a war? And that's kind of stuff that keeps you up at night, you know, because I don't want my my mom who's battling cancer to have to fight somebody in the street, you know. I I don't want them to have to worry, but I don't know what else. To, I don't know what would fix it. I know it's because I think it's so spiritual. I think the alchemy, you know, they've always told us the pen is mightier than the sword. I really think it is. And I think it's like, we have to untie the knot the way we tied it because so much about the foundation of this country, um, there has never been a better legal document written, a better sovereign document written of all time than the constitution of all fucking time. And, there were brave men like the Marines that were started even before the country that had to exist because there had to be a group of brave men around to exist before this ideal could be set in front of the round table. And I think that that perfect document, it deserves to be protected, but it's also a light um, that it's not really about the constitution as much as like the energy of God giving you, you're born with freedom and then a government protects that freedom. And I just think it's like for real, like a candle in a dark room, how no matter how much darkness and you just keep flooding the room, it will never put this candle out 
but the same, you know, it doesn't work in the opposite direction. It's like this one candle can light up the whole room. And if you really look around the room, there's a whole bunch of wicks. And so you can start lighting that one and that one and that one and that one. And that's like these ideas spreading. They don't go backward. And the weird thing that they did was they included the world trying to create a new world order. Um, I just think it works against them because of this. Like they yeah. planned the internet to trap us all and we found each other. You know, instead, yeah. like they didn't plan on all of us to be able to spread these ideas or meet to be able to talk to you in West Virginia or um, talk uh, to my friend in Montana or talk to my friend in Jamaica or talk to my friend in Rhode Island or talk to my friend really right across the street because I'm too lazy to go talk to MMA with him at his house. <laughs> so um, right. it's kind of um, awesome that I miss people. And, um, I can't wait to like meet all my internet friends, but I also don't know how we all would have made it through the new world order if we didn't find our authenticity and bravery and like, all right, fuck it. I'm going to say it on a microphone or, all right, screw it. I'm going to type this stranger on Instagram or what do I have to lose? Let me join this telegram group, <laughs> you know? And yeah. it's yeah. like, we're all in these places now because, um, they didn't want us to be, they wanted us to all be scared and divided and hate each other and, um, you know, be divided by race and sex and, uh, culture and money and religion and the place we were at on the planet. And we'd all only have the black mirror window of the world. And then they could sell us whatever narrative they wanted. They didn't know that every time they were like, there's a fucking um tsunami in uh indiana that i would just call my friend in indiana and they'd be like no we're fine and that's yeah. how you stop loosh is by just going there and calling a friend there and not being scared of like i hope that siren wasn't my sister why don't you just call your sister and then i'm like hey are, did you make it home safe yes oh i didn't have to not go to sleep tonight because i didn't know that but I, I do think it's like energy flow. I think we win every time. Well, God wins this time for sure. God wins. Yeah. God always wins. Um, and, and you're right. It, it is a spiritual war. And sometimes I, I'll forget, you know, because there's not one single person that can make a difference. But every single person can make a difference. You know what I mean? Like, if we get enough people, you know, to focus their intent, to focus their energy, to focus their prayer, because that's what prayer is, you know, it's intention. It's like, like Jesus said, if you ask, you'll receive. If you knock, it'll be open to you. If we set that into motion and there's enough of us, you know, it, it being a spiritual war, you know, all we got to do is set our intention and let God work. Um, no matter how hard they fight to keep God out of schools, you know, um, I'm in a fortunate position. I, like I said, I'm a teacher, but I don't teach a, a, a normal curriculum. Um, I'm categorizing to an elective category here, but I don't have to follow state or board of education mandated lesson plans. So I get to talk politics. I get to talk um, religion. I get to talk life skills. And that's, 
that's what I do. I take advantage of that. And I, you know, I, I talk to the kids about real life stuff. And as long as we can still do that and sow that seed of spirituality, <clears throat> I think that my negativity gets the best of me sometimes. You know, I, 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 I got my own battles going on sometimes, but uh, talking to you helps me to, to realize, you know, there is still a lot of hope. There's a lot of, as long as you have faith, we're going to win. Um, like you said just now, God always does. So I appreciate that. And uh, I appreciate talking to you tonight. You know, that, that really helped me out to, to stop being such a negative Nancy, so black pilled you know, to, to cling to the red, <laughs> it's still happening. You know, it, it's still going on. And uh, maybe I should open my mouth on my podcast too sometime. Well, something that I'm going to start saying is Kara Mosher said it to me and I'm just going to own it as my thing is I know for a fact right now that I'm resonating on the highest possible timeline. I am an instrument of God and I'm living in my authenticity with love in my heart. And because I'm on the highest possible timeline, the only outcome is we win. And so this is my timeline and you're on it. If you're looking at me, if you're listening to me, if um, you hear this in the future, you're on that timeline and we win this time. There you go. There you go. I love that. <laughs> It's hard. I have to remind myself. I do feel it's a spiritual war and I feel so blessed like a QAnon term is holding the line and it triggers people a lot. But I've been so blessed that in my dark days, even when I don't fess up that I'm having the darkest days, somebody knows if people are listening to you past your words, if they're listening to your tone, they're just like, you know what? I'm not even going to ask this bitch. I'm just going to make her laugh today. Or I'm just like, let's talk about something totally different. Let's go somewhere. Or you just want to scream it out. You want to cry it out. You want to, I'm here for it. And then some days I hopefully do that for other people. And I think that's all we can do until we have a tangible knowing more. And like past all of our faith, which is a different kind of knowing. We don't know all the daily outcome, how it's going to turn out. We have this like grand scheme idea. Like when we back all the way from the realm, like everything looks perfect. But as we like zone into our own little fractal, it seems like chaos. But I, I just, I mean, it's not even a thinking it's just like, look at where we're at in this upside down lunacy. Like I, I'm really at any moment, I'm waiting for Biden's teeth to fall out of his mouth onto the floor and start chattering and him start dancing around like Beetlejuice, <laughs> like with his teeth. And it would just be like, I don't even know if the news would talk about it. If you weren't watching it live, it would just be like something that went around the internet and then Snopes would put a bar at it and kick you off, uh, um, <laughs> off Twitter or yeah. something. <laughs> so yeah, fact checkers. Yeah. yeah, we're in the craziest time that everybody always sat around. We learned about Nazi Germany. How does Nazi Germany happen? How could that ever happen? And then we are, I, I've been so disappointed that I didn't think silly old Florida would be the state that was the state of the yeah. <laughs> silly Florida. What are we doing down here? Like, yeah, I guess we're doing it. All these hurricanes have prepped us for something. The storm is coming. We're like, what? The storm comes every summer. <laughs> <laughs> but I was actually like, like 
West Virginia. I thought you guys are with us. Texas. I thought Texas would be leading the way. I thought Texas would be like, uh, we're not doing this anymore. And we'd be like, yeah, we're with Texas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought Texas would be like, no, Joe Rogan, you're not coming here. We're not doing that. We're not even playing Elon Musk. We're going to be Texas right. about it. I'm kind of surprised yeah. the places that full. Like I expected New York to New York. I expected them. To, they're, they're in a dystopian future. They've all accepted their camera riddled corners and that, yep, they pump water up to my 30th floor. And if I'm really good, I get to go to the store on Tuesday. They've accepted it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And as far as our, as far as West Virginia goes, our governor, he has been pretty awesome. You know, I don't know if you've seen the meme where he said, just follow the fucking guidelines live on the air because he, he was just so frustrated. I, I think he was frustrated that, you know, in order to get that federal money in a poor state, he had to tell people to follow the guidelines. And it was when we were doing that first two weeks, you know, two weeks and let everything go back to the reset and then go back to normal. Uh, it was Jim Justice. You know, he got, he said, just follow the fucking guidelines. And then, of course, he comes back out and says, you know, I didn't say that. You know, I, I would never say, you know, I'm like, it's too late, Jim. We, we heard you. But uh, we're talking about a guy who ran as a Democrat. And then after he got in office, he switched to Republican. You know, him and Donald Trump are actual buddies. You know, That's Don awesome. Jr. comes here and goes, yeah, Don Jr. comes here and goes turkey hunting and stuff like that. Um, we we got a pretty good governor. We got a pretty good state. We just have people that completely, they just do not realize what side they're voting on. You know, our whole state went red. Every county in our state went red in the 2020 election. But the, the older population, you know, the ones that did, the, I don't think they even voted. A lot of them didn't even vote. They just, uh, they still believe that Democrats support the, the working man. And that's, there's no change in their mind. You said something else to, too yeah. earlier uh, about, which I think is a huge non-conspiracy conspiracy. Um, and I just know it because I feel like our states are somehow hand in hand a little with this. I actually feel like my state's laws for a period of time fucked your state with the opioid epidemic. And we had these pill factories and because we have our status run like a constitutional republic. So each county is kind of allowed to do its own thing. So all the most liberal counties in our state, um, i.e. Orlando, Dade County, Miami, all those kind of things. They had these um, pill doctors that popped up all over where you could just drive through the state of Florida and go to a whole bunch of different pill doctors and leave with bags of opioids. And I know West Virginia specifically, like at one point, 85% of the people in prison there had some kind of pill issue that the pills could be directly linked to Florida. And it oh, yeah. is insane. What's that like there? Um, it's crazy here. Um, when I, when I said 50% of our student body lives with their grandparents, I'm not exaggerating. Um, it's in some counties, it's as high as like 70%. And if they're not with their grandparents, they're in foster care or kinship care, you know, somebody else in their family, because so many, 
West Virginians are addicted to opioids, that they have given up their families. Um, we have around 1.4 million people in the state. <laughs> you know, that we're not a big, we're not a heavy, heavily populated state, but 750 million pills have come to West Virginia in just a couple of years. Um, that's enough to kill everybody a lot of times. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that that's just with the opioids. It's not counting the meth that goes around and whatever else. Uh, we're, we're losing a whole generation of people here. And it's my generation. Um, they're gone. And those of us, you know, there's, there's a small number of us who didn't get on that train. And then the, the rest of us who didn't left the state to go find work and to get away from that stuff. And so we have this younger generation, you know, 21, 22 and under that don't have parents. You know, they, they don't have uh, structure. They don't have faith in God. They don't have anything. They're just stuck. You know, and it's a real dire situation here. Um, but kids are resilient. You know, um, our state is very resilient. We have, you know, seceded from Virginia. We, <laughs> we I wouldn't be surprised if we could secede from the United States. We'd probably do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, there's a lot of pride here. Um, there's a lot of everybody just mind your own business. And I've said it a thousand times, I, I would say almost everybody in our state would be libertarian if they knew what libertarianism was. Uh, but that's kept out of uh, our state. I'm registered um, in my county. Perfect example. My county, there's three libertarians <laughs> registered <laughs> in, in the whole county. And so when I go to vote, they ask me, what are you R or D? You know, so I can go get my little block to, to go in there and vote with and the voting machine. And I, I tell them I'm a libertarian. And so in the primary election, my vote don't even count. I, I have to be registered as a Democrat or a Republican. We're not allowed to do anything else. And that struck me pretty hard when I first come back home, you know, because I, I got on my high horse, you know, about being a veteran. I was like, you know, I serve this country and you're going to tell me I can't even vote. <laughs> you know, I, I got pretty pissed off. But um I, so I joined every libertarian group I could find here. I supported every libertarian candidate that would make their way to the ballot, um, even though it didn't count. Um, general election, a little different. You know, we, our votes count as much as the vote counts. Um, but yeah, we're a, a fiercely independent. Everybody stick to your own. Don't mess with your neighbor. Let them do their own thing kind of, kind of state. It's beautiful. But we're being just like, you know, urban areas were hit with crack. Appalachia is hit with opioids mm -hmm. and it's intentional. Yeah. Um, you know, get us dependent on something like that and they don't even have to worry about us. You know, it just, it writes us off completely. Um, it takes all the, the firepower out of the state, you know? And a um, lot of the people that got into it, they were injured themselves doing something physical, 
you know, like a lot of people that first started doing these opioids, they were an athlete, they were a worker, they were doing something that was a capable, active thing, and they hurt themselves. Oh so what a perfect way to unravel a capable part of Americana um, or masculine mm -hmm. part of Americana, uh, whether that's woman or a man, but it is that that is what they injured mm -hmm. and they, they totally, if they were poor, um, they, it was, the doctors were giving out way more than they should have. It was easy to come by. People were not realizing the addiction because everybody was doing the same thing they're doing now. Doctor, doctor worshiping. And, um, yeah, it's so sad. And then it was easier. I had so many friends that went down this. It was cheaper and easier for them to get street heroin than it was these pills after a while. And every single old person's medicine cabinet, they knew these pills were in there. So they were stealing from their own family members and it was becoming this next level thing. And, um, yeah, I, the amount of, especially men, I always say the mm -hmm. my guy friends all went down with opioids and my girlfriends all went down with Xanax. <laughs> it was like yeah. <laughs> these splits, but yeah, definitely I, pills. Yeah, you nailed it. Um, West Virginia is a coal mining state. And that's exactly what, what happens. You know, you bust your ass working underground in a coal mine. And I did it for a couple of years myself. I'm, it's hard work. You You go underground. You're busting your ass. You get hurt. Everybody gets hurt. What do you do? You go to the doctor. They put you on these opioids. And then you get a little bit dependent on that. And you realize when I'm taking that, I don't hurt. And then when you don't need it, you take it because you don't want to hurt. You know, I, I can go to work. I can do better at work if I'm, if I'm not feeling that pain. And if I, if I get hurt, it won't hurt so bad if I'm on this pill. You know, and it's like, who don't want to feel good, you know? And, and yeah, you nailed it. That's exactly what happens. And then you have so much of our state that is on generational welfare mm -hmm. to where parents are teaching kids how to work the system mm -hmm. to, to be on welfare because they make more money that way. They it does not behoove to have a father in the house. It, the state no. doesn't even allow it. I mean, it's Florida too. Like a lot of these section eight houses will not allow a man in the house. Um, and the girl, the, the state makes it with the welfare that they get. If she gets married, she's going to lose so much of her benefits. So they're trying to separate it. It's like, so that's happening. The father's either in prison from doing the drugs, selling the drugs or some kind of crime linked to the drugs. Um, so that's taking him out of the household. Or if there's some chance just trying to do desperate, they join the military, still not in the household. It's like, yep. oh, Jesus. Yeah, yep. it's the destruction of the nuclear family, you know, and what better <laughs> spiritual warfare is that? You know, if, if you take away, you know, structure, you take, you take away everything that makes for a happy home. So it breaks your spirit in, in, a, in every sense of the way. So, yeah, that, that is what's wrong with West Virginia. But it's really pretty here. Yeah. And, you know, everybody that is in their right mind has banded together because there's not one single family 
my my own included. There's not a single family that doesn't suffer from what's going on. So, yeah, it's like the conspiracies um, are so many levels of deep and um, the less money you have in any country in the world, um, the conspiracies are just laying on top of you, you know, in every way. And, uh, yeah. okay. Um, not to totally like turn, um, the like sharp, but just so you leave maybe on something fun, um, coal mining. <laughs> did you ever get into like Agartha or hollow earth or think about underground civilizations and why you were doing that? Or... You know, not at the time, you know, I didn't really get into hollow earth at the time because you haven't seen darkness until you're in a coal mine and I couldn't fathom a hollow earth theory at that time, you know, but it was, it was a little different. It was a lot of work. And I thought, you know, thinking now, if there's a hollow earth, there's gotta be a, uh, a really big opening somewhere to get some light down there because it is, it is darker than dark underground. But, uh, yeah, I entertain everything. Like I said, I'm really open and I'm pretty fascinated with Admiral Byrd and Antarctica. I think that's who it was, right? Mm -hmm. Flew over there and uh, see this whole lush rainforest and civilization. And, you know, under underneath there is this hollow earth, whole other civilization and everything else. So I'm open to that. I think there definitely is something going on in Antarctica. Uh, especially when you hear about people wearing their Fitbits and their, uh, Oh yeah. Their, their Apple watches. And then you, you get to see that there, there's this big cluster of activity down in Antarctica and nobody wants to talk about why or what's going on. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm open to the hollow earth theory. Um, I've been listening a lot and thanks to Sam Tripoli and Eddie Bravo and union of the unwanted about the whole flat earth theory. And uh, there's a lot of people that link that to biblical scripture too. I don't know, but I, I don't think in my lifetime that I'm going to say I'm a flat earther, but <laughs> I'm not opposed to it. I'm not opposed to anybody who is, you know what I mean? Uh, maybe I've just been that brainwashed where I can't accept that, but uh, I love to hear about it. It fascinates me completely. Um, have you ever, since you said it's blacker than black, um, have you ever seen anything in the darkness? Uh, not underground. <laughs> I've, I've had some, some weird stuff happen in my own home once I started this podcast um, with the shadow figures and stuff like that. Um, when I do my show, now I, I, I pray over it real hard and I sage my house um i you can probably see it back behind me here i got a cross mm -hmm. i got crosses all in my house now that i got from jerusalem uh because every time i did a, a deeply paranormal show about people talking about demons or um evil presences in in their homes or in their lives shit started happening around my house and it wasn't just like my own paranoia my wife and the kids, they all saw things. They all felt things. Um, 
there was just like a, a heaviness in the home. But uh, it, it took a while to get rid of all that, but I finally did. Uh, my daughter actually saw like disembodied legs walk through the living room. There's some crazy stuff that I had no clue would just jump on through electronics. Um, if you don't mind me telling you about it, I had no, a, I uh, love it. I bought a, I bought a brand new laptop right for the show, and that way I could take it with me and you know do my shows for wherever I go. And I had a lady on, and we were just talking about you know, ghosts and whatnot. And she had bought a home that was haunted just so she could do investigations. After that episode, the speakers went out on that laptop and not just like didn't work anymore. It's like nothing. There was no sign of there ever being speakers on my laptop. Like they were disabled, removed, whatever. Uh, I had to go to a, a Bluetooth speaker for about a month just so I could have some sound because sound wouldn't come out of the laptop at all. It wouldn't pick up audio incoming or outbound. Um, I've had a lot of EVPs pick up on my, on certain episodes. Um, I did one with an author that wrote a book about demons and while we're talking the the video feed messed up kind of like ours did a little bit except it didn't give you any warning it just like his his video went out and he thought he lost me and when he asked me that if he if he had lost me or whatever i told him i, I said no i'm here and it almost sounded like an echo coming through the line but it was everything i said for a couple of sentences fed back through but way deeper and way slower, you know? So if I said, I'm right here, you know, you would hear after me a few seconds, you'd hear something like, I'm right here, you know, mm -hmm. real creepy. And that kind of shit happens, <laughs> you know what I mean? But if I talk about Bigfoot, if I talk about aliens, no, ele no electronic problems, no, no video feed mm -hmm. problems or anything. It, it's just when I get into the paranormal. So that just makes it that much more real to me. I, um, since I, I had a few podcasts and I was talking about things that once I feel like I said, like magic's real or realms are real or something in this vibratory frequency of casting, because we're spell casting, we're podcasting, we're movie casting, we're casting out something. Once right. I opened up that, I needed to protect myself. It became, I feel like since I've been doing this, it's just layers of learning and protecting and learning and protecting. Um, because things, people, you know, everybody talks about drinking or sex or blood or all these rituals, but I think real simple, like they're doing spells on TV. We're not realizing when we're talking to people, if they're carrying entities, I think an entity can jump from you to somebody else at the mall. Uh, so yep. I think like you have your cross, you're intentional with it. I allow my mom, she, I call her a Jesus witch um, with, you know, she's, I grew up in the church. I love, um, I believe I have Christ energy and I believe kind of like everything can coexist and the philosophy mm -hmm. of love and forgiveness and righteous anger and is beautiful. And, um, but I allow my mom, she gave me chimes cause 
to that. She's like, I want to say a prayer over these and these will protect you and they're harmonic. And I have a prayer bowl. And if any of my friends give me crystals, I've had friends give me dragons. I've had friends give me tarot, whatever anyone gives me around this space to keep me safe. I take their intentions and energy and I just have, I just want to put the best out in the world to hopefully somehow just change the Fibonacci for the better you know, right. somewhere. So I totally am with you. Like if you're talking to people about dark shit, the second you start feeling it, like protect yourself with it, you know, against yeah. it. Yeah. And it, it's good that you do the same thing with, you know, crystals and all that. I got crystals sitting over here, you know, um, cause I, I have friends that sent me crystals and, it all works. I look, it's all I have real. everything. I even have a big, huge Bible with a big, huge <laughs> cross on it. I have, I mean, whatever anyone gives me, I, because I know their intentions and their energies and their, um, and I believe it all comes from God. I think good and love comes from God and source or Allah or, um, the divine or whatever you need to grunt about it and call it, it doesn't need the grunt, but whatever you need to, you know what we're talking about (laughs) and I back anyone's thing, um, to find that whatever that is. Yeah, you're right. You know, the whole message is love. You know, the whole message is to treat people how you want to be treated and love your neighbor. And if we all lived by that one line, you know, that golden rule, there'd be world peace in a day. There would be no more hunger on earth in a day if we could all just live by that golden rule, you know, so you can't go wrong with that. You know, if, if that's your intent is to love, we're good. You know, we're good to go. I love it. I'm actually, uh, I was so stressed that we were having such connection problems and it kind of made my attention span short. And then we kind of went into a whole different combo than I was anticipating, but I loved it. And I, um, think everything happens for a reason and I'm totally glad. I feel like I have a new friend, Bo. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much. Do you, has uh, anyone I, ever called you Bonato? <laughs> no, I, I, I can also say that I've never been called a bonato before. <laughs> uh, um, do you have anything that you want to plug and or leave my audience with before you go? Uh, yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, it's uh, the Bump Podcast. It's on every podcast player known to man. Uh, as far as I know, today... At the time of recording this, I woke up this morning to 100,000 downloads. So I'm Ooh, very excited about that's that. That's awesome. Um, I've been doing this for about 13 months now. And it's just, I never expected it to be this successful. Um, I am looking for sponsors. If anybody wants to sponsor the show, the only sponsor I have is through the Anchor app that I have. So I'm, you know, I'm not making money off this thing or anything like that, but uh, yeah, listen to the Bump Podcast. You go to thebumppodcast.com. I have links to every episode on there. Uh, there's a link to the Believer Store. That's where I sell my merch. You know, I got T-shirts, mugs, stickers, and all that kind of stuff on there. Uh, I have a Patreon, the Bump Podcast, YouTube, Instagram. It's all under the same name. Um, there should be links to all of it on my website. So, yeah, I would, I would appreciate anybody that wants to come check it out i have a little something for everybody if you get into the weird stuff 
I got a show about it. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. So, all right. Well, bye, guys. Talk to you soon. So she has been Cheney, and now she's off to smoke a blunt. See you next Tuesday, you fucking cunts. I can hear you. Awesome. How you doing? I am doing all right. How are you? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Thanks for having me on your show. I am so excited about it. Some of my favorite people, your um their favorite show. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah, when I was <laughs> asking news to me. <laughs> when I was asking people um who I should have like just randomly and your name came up by like two of my um good friends that I'm like, how do I not know this show? But I think monsters and all that kind of stuff are I think like the whole magic of it all was like my last conspiracy I believed in. I didn't believe in anything. <laughs> I believed in like, you know, nine eleven was an inside <laughs> job. <laughs> the norm Absolutely. like I thought all the other stuff was silly and now I'm like oh my gosh everything's real <laughs> yep. oh I don't yeah. even know how you feel about <laughs> that it that sums it up right <laughs> yeah I, you know when I do my show I'm I steer clear of conspiracy theory talk um or truth talk really um but I've I woke up in around 2008. I, I was still in the military and, you know, I had a couple other NCOs that kind of opened my eyes to 9-11 and the whole thing. And that's what I cut my teeth on. But uh, I don't really talk about it to anybody because I'm pretty much by myself in my, you know, in, in my circle about that kind of stuff. So I just, I listen to podcasts and, you know, I've, I've completely converted my wife, but other than You've that, it's just, uh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> she's, she's completely red pill and she hates me for it. So. <laughs>